This is uh, this is a miracle. There's no audio issues when we're starting this. New computer. Same. New broadband. More broadband, you said? More broadband. More power. <laughs> more? More cowbell. More, uh, more, more, more. For half the price. What do you mean for half the price? For the, you mean the broadband or the computer? Uh, the broadband. <laughs> I, I was getting hosed, apparently. So now I have uh, double the speed and half the price. So. Uh, good. What's not to love about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, on the 31st of January, because exactly. that's how long it takes us. <laughs> the last ever possible day to say it. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. yeah new, new, new computers, new us or something, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> same here. I'm testing. A, I'm, I'm testing. I'm in testing. No, it's a new computer. It's a new audio device as well. Oh. And uh, it's not a new me, but I'm just recovering from the flu. So it's either the audio device or my voice that is uh, maybe a little bit off. <laughs> it's oh, probably my voice. There's <laughs> so much going around at the moment. Oh, man. I don't know. I probably influenza, but uh, I was I was completely... I mean, I hadn't been that wiped for 20 years. Oh. Like two, only two nights, thank God. But these two nights were like... I'm I'm not gonna survive this. Now I'm exaggerating. Jeez. <laughs> well, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I couldn't sleep, man. I mean, so now I'm 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 better, but I'll I'll try to stay on my game for this podcast, man. So I, I, I need. I think we need. Uh, I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. I'm gonna need it, right? Counting on you, Alex. Counting on oh, you, especially. I don't know about that. <laughs> We're doomed. So sorry, guys. <clears throat> uh, two months since the last episode. Uh, so what was it? End of uh, November. So yeah, there, there was the holiday period. So Alex and his kids, some travels. Then I revamped the entire, you cannot see it, but I revived the entire, my entire office. So I sold my computer, bought a new one, as I just said. I just did everything. Then I hosted friends for the for like 10 days. It was really cool for the holidays. Uh, you know Paolo, so hi, Paolo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would say hi to Sergio, hi, Bertrand. They, they were all, all the people that came to my house, like, oh, listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh my God, really? Don't stop. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> don't. And, uh, and then uh, I think you went again on the travel in early Jan, and then I got sick. So basically, that's why we are doing this on the 31st of January. We'll try, guys, to have a, to maintain a, not a two month delay for this uh, year. Let's uh, try, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, um, so let's do the music. I, I hope, I mean, this is a new audio device. I don't still know where the buttons are. I think this is the one. Oh, yeah. See, I, I simplified, uh, I simplified my office. I was like, you know, going from the TV studio I had built during COVID. And now I'm like, so even the light is harsher on me because I took a smaller one. Mm. Because I was tired of seeing that huge thing above my face. <laughs> it was yeah, they, like are, a, they are pretty imposing. Like a spacecraft, so uh, I still have it, but I'm trying this this other one, which is LED, so I'm harsher. Which is why, guys, we're still not doing a video. So uh, we have a lot to cover, so let's yeah, get right into it. Um, first, well, 2024 started with a bang. Uh, the bang was on January 2nd. Thank God it was not that catastrophic, but still, that first ever 350 hull loss in... Haneda, wow, man, that was that was um, well, yeah. As you say, what a what a way to start the year, and it's been an eventful year ever since yes. in aviation circles. But that was that was something else. That was so many firsts, and so much information was gleaned from it. Unfortunately, uh, five five people died. Yeah, the five coast guards in the uh, I think I think a dash eight something. I think yeah, in, yeah. A, in a dash eight. Um, 
so it it wasn't all uh you know silver linings but boy what a what a what an accident what that was and i i think i discovered it because it was on the front page of the bbc website immediately and for some reason my brain just said it's a narrow body oh and i and i I thought, oh, narrow body, and then I and I and I read the article, and I read the number, and I was like three hundred and something. Okay, my brain's like, I wasn't clearly wasn't awake, and it, and it, I think it was mid morning. You just happened to say something about it being a three fifty, and I was like, oh, what? I think maybe it was because, and again, this doesn't make any sense if you know Japanese aviation at, at all. I had heard it was a flight from Hokkaido. Yes. To Tokyo, and I thought, well, there, it's a domestic flight, therefore narrow body. But of course, in Japan, so much domestic traffic is on wide bodies. I used to fly a seven four seven from Hokkaido. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had that special <laughs> variant of the seven forty seven developed exclusively for the for the short haul, high volume Japanese market. But boy, what a what a tragedy! And I, I've. You know, it's very easy to armchair analyze it, but it feels like an avoidable tragedy, and I hope that we can learn enough from yeah. that. I mean, the, 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 of course, we'll, we're not going to speculate because we're not, I mean, we're not analysts anyway. anyway. <laughs> I have no freaking... Uh, but, yeah, a runway incursion seems to be clearly the... But why uh, it's up in the air? I mean, of course, there was the uh, the, the chatter between the tower... And the planes that was uh, publicly available, and uh, some people said, "Yeah, did he not respect hold?" And some people say, "Yeah, but hold did that mean he would?" No, he said nothing. Number one was he number one? Was he mm. mean lining up or not? Anyway, that's up to the investigators to determine. But yes, clearly, I think the the, the dash eight was for like thirty to forty seconds lining, so already on the runway before yeah. the three fifty basically landing on it. I think it uh, it it crushed the it it hit the the front uh, wheel I think or something I don't know I'm not sure and then he basically you know crash landed and caught fire that was also yeah. something the way it caught fire because it's the first ever uh, composite plane hull loss uh, uh, at least commercial I think there was one military aircraft in the U.S. like a long time ago that was also composite yeah. um, but uh, and the way it burned was also quite interesting I think at, at least there will be a lot of lessons learned. Um, but thank God, as you said, thank God, as far as the 350 goes and its passenger and crew, yeah. everybody escaped, which is... Which is staggering in oh, in and of itself. Right? Uh, it, I mean, when you see the video, and I'm sure everybody listening yeah. here has seen either pictures of the video, you you look at that and you if you didn't know the outcome, you'd think multiple fatalities and there you know there yeah. were but none not as i don't even know if there were injuries in the 350 maybe some smoke inhalation but it was i mean I, maybe we 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 take a step back and describe what happened i mean you, yes, you alluded to it that this uh coast guard dash eight um incorrectly and inadvertently taxied onto the runway for takeoff misunderstanding and that's where you know i'm air quoting misunderstanding yeah. we're not sure there yeah no, the the direction from there from air traffic control, and then as you said, seconds later, this A three fifty fully loaded A three fifty landed on um, essentially on top of it, uh, skidded to a halt. I think three hundred, four hundred meters down the runway, mm -hmm. um, and the evacuation happened, and it it happened with a with a delay, 
because yes. the flight crew were not aware that there was a fire, which is fascinating in and of itself. Uh, and, it and, took, and the comms were interrupted. The comms, the comms were, were severed. interrupted. They couldn't so that's get to the back of the yeah. plane as well. Yeah, because I know the first two doors that opened were the front ones, probably were yeah. the cockpit, so they, they could do it. And I think the the other one that was uh, available to open without danger was the very rear left one, and that's a decision of the crew without yeah. the approval of the cockpit because they couldn't reach the cockpit. Yeah, and they said, "Okay, it's safe enough. Let's open it so we can go." On and the they side. had a the flight. The cabin crew had a much better uh, understanding of the severity of the situation. Yeah, and like you said, the comms were cut, so it took. Yeah, because the, one, you should we should say the the engines caught fire because yeah. probably they were dragged on the runway because yeah. it was no more um, um, the wheels. You know, the undercarriage was gone. So, yeah, yeah. So they, they were dragged on the runway and probably caught fire. Yeah. And the, it took one of the cabin crew, perhaps the purser, I can't remember, uh, going up, physically going up to the flight deck and saying, they were on fire. And then they issued the evacuation order. But as you said, the, the rear of the airplane had already started to evacuate. And they got every, every single person off quickly, orderly. I mean, those from, from what I've read, and I think the general consensus in Japan and in the aviation community writ large is they... Were heroes they acted heroically yeah. they put everybody's well-being before their own uh and they were the last off the airplane and i think the pilot that, was the last one as well yeah yeah, yeah. The, exactly the entire i should say that that's that's a really good point yeah. the entirety of the crew not just the cabin crew that all of them acted selflessly yeah um in what must have been unimaginable circumstances yeah, we've so we've seen some footage from the inside not a lot but i mean yeah. i would not want to be there man no thank you very much <laughs> No, and uh, but it, it's it's a testament to the the, the crew how well trained they are. Uh, I, I think I've read somewhere I was I wasn't aware of that. that there's um, Jala has inspired a, a an Airbus Safety Promotion Center in Toulouse. So Jala is known apparently by Airbus for their very good training of their crew in terms of these emergency situations. And well, that proves the point because yeah. they're really well trained. Um, and yeah, and and also apparently the I haven't seen it because I haven't flown gel since what 2018 or something. Their their safety video, not that the safety video does everything, but the safety video is very insisting on uh, evacuation uh, procedures, including repeatedly do not take your luggage with you. Yeah. Which was adhered to. No one brought a single item. Yeah, well, I've I've seen some stuff on, on Japanese media. They were, uh, and that's human. Uh, yeah, you know, let's not go into right. one side of the. The uh, the cliches where you know, let's say in, in the U.S. everybody would have taken their their luggage, and in Japan, no one. It's never like that. No. So, but in Japan, there were a few people that did. But apparently, and that's the the report I read in the Japanese news. Uh, some people, you know, again, I say it's human because probably you know it's almost like you're in a state of shock and panic. We talked about it in the past, and some people were trying to get to the overhead or taking whatever there was under their seat. And they were scolded by other passengers not to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I uh, think yeah, well, that yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of accountability that needs to happen. And again, like, we can only imagine what one's state of yeah. mind would be in a situation like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But it was, um, it, yeah. it was just incredible to witness. And, and, and it's a tragedy that the Coast Guard crew, bar one, lost their lives. But I, 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 I I don't think we can emphasize enough just how miraculous this was and what a testament it was to that airframe as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, that I mean, all modern aircrafts have that, but 
you could see almost, I mean, of course you could not, but the the the, the, the work of the flame retardant materials that are there, yeah. because the flames were there. I mean, the engines were on fire, and you were like, yeah. that's not actually going, I mean, it's not like engulfed in, 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 in flames in three minutes, as you know, yeah. you see in some Hollywood movies where everything <laughs> burns. It really took its time to burn, leaving the time to basically evacuate. Uh, of course, there were already one, at least at the beginning, one fire engine from um, Haneda, but Clearly, the plane itself, the, the flying material materials, again, lessons will be learned and uh, other airports will learn how to deal with that type of fire because yeah. the, the way it burned was interesting. The way you could see the next morning the remains of the plane, yeah. uh, it's a very different type of fire that we are not used to because it's not as if we see the plane burning down every day. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah, testament to the airframe to these materials uh, to airbus i mean to gel because i mean wow it's uh, <laughs> in all this catastrophe i mean everybody was out it's interesting how and i'm going to talk about a cultural standpoint again how here we were all very um appreciative and very almost like you know uh, admiring how good this all turned out for the 350 passengers and crew Whereas in Japan, there was a lot of criticism. Why did it happen? It's really, they were pointing the finger at Jal. I was just, yeah. I, <clears> it's it, fascinating. It, it did feel like they, they, I don't know if it was the media there, but they wanted a scapegoat basically immediately. Yeah, um, maybe. They wanted a single organization or individual. To be held responsible. To, to be held responsible. Yeah. And it, it I mean, almost straight away you know it was like oh the air traffic controller is going you know gonna be suspended and it was like well i think there's a lot going on here and also it just happened just that literally <laughs> it just yeah. happened i don't think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take a long time to unravel all of the the nuance of the accident but one of the things that struck me was listening to the air traffic control recordings was was actually two things it was um, interesting to hear them flip back and forth between English and Japanese, mm -hmm. even in this t t transmissions to the same airplane. Um, and then also, you know, and this is delicate, but when the English was spoken, it was very hard to understand. Um, mm. And I and the and the, the signal quality wasn't great either. I think that's why it yeah. took a little bit longer for them to piece together an official transcript of what happened. But. Listening back to it, I if I, I, it was a lot of it was hard to understand, and I, I I feel like that has to have been a contributing factor. Yeah, I think it's not. I mean, I think it, it is not mandatory to speak. I mean, English is the default language, but you are allowed to speak in your yeah. own language. In France, you could see, you know, Air France and Paris Charles de Gaulle. They will talk in French, or in Germany, you will. These are these are common occurrences. Yeah. What was, uh, I think it's a recommendation, you might know better than me because I didn't look it up. Um, there was no callback to the to the the command. So like, let's say the, 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 the ATC says hold, I think it was let's C1, if I remember correctly, yeah. whatever, the entry point of the runway. The aircraft didn't, did not repeat the, you know, hold C1. I don't think, the, yeah. I think in some countries they do ask for the repeat of, so that, Everybody is sure that we're on the same line and understanding what we're talking about. Not saying that this is a contributing factor. I'm saying it's interesting that uh, it might actually maybe sometimes clarify, and especially in the because of what you described, 
the absence of, uh, you know, because of the signal was not great. Maybe it's good to hear back. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that it was interesting that it was not the case. Yeah, it, I mean, I know it's a it's a it's a requirement to to read back something, especially something like that when you're when you're going onto the runway, whether or not it it was done and just the it was not picked up. Um, and I think that that's what the media jumped on immediately was, well, the air traffic controller um, said that the gel plane could land, but had not received the confirmation of the hold short. And again, I don't think yeah. it's as clear cut as that. I don't think any no. of this is as clear cut as that. I, I think it's a, it's a, it, maybe it's a it's a tragic confluence of circumstance, yes. or maybe there is one single point of failure. But I do find that latter one uh, possibility very hard to believe. Yeah, and, and there was notably there was a they installed I think more than ten years ago they had a a runway incursion warning system in mm. Haneda, and for some reason either the plane wasn't picked up or the ATC didn't see it. Um, it should have to be triggered. So we don't know. We will learn. Um, uh, I doubt that we will come back to this in this podcast. I'm saying, but yeah, the, the either the ATC didn't see the warning system telling them there's a uh, there's a plane on the runway or the system didn't work. They couldn't see it. Okay, it wasn't night, so there was a so you know. And if you've been to Haneda, and I know you have, and many other airports, it's not always straightforward to look at the entirety of the runways and everything that happens, especially at night. So that's yeah. why they had this this, uh, this system. Again, something that the investigators will determine at some point. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. And in the tragedy, I mean, it was tra it's tragedy already, but the tragedy was that these coast guards were leaving for Niigata to help for the rescue operations of the earthquakes that just had happened before. So it's, it's also yeah. like, um, yeah, not fun. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just uh, really catastrophic. And I think the only things that we can take from it, the, be the benefits that we can take from it is there will be so much learned from this yeah. because you never want an airframe to crash. Of course you don't want it to, cr to crash, but this was the first, as you said, composite airframe whole lost. I mean, I know that the Dreamliners had their battery issues and that Ethiopian one caught on fire early, mm -hmm. early on, but it, excuse me, it wasn't a, it wasn't a total whole loss, whole yes. loss yes. and it wasn't a crash either. So the amount of data and also the sophistication of the, of the uh, flight data recorders in the, uh, these next generation airplanes is the, the, the amount of data and the quality of the data they get is orders of magnitude better and more useful than what we have in the previous yeah. generation of airplanes. So I'm sure that once the shock and tragedy had worn off, there were engineers all over the world, but especially in Toulouse, rubbing their hands, going, this, this data we cannot simulate, we cannot recreate. It will help us save so many lives mm -hmm. uh, in the near and the and the and the far term. So I, I really hope that we get that we, you know, we, we, that they broadcast it eventually saying, you know, we reckon that we've saved so many lives because of this feature that doesn't exist on any other type of airplane. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the burn rate, if this had happened on a, let's say 767 or an A330 uh, would have been, you know, seven times faster, you know, for example, that type of thing um, will, will help us really appreciate just how incredible these airplanes are across the board, not just in terms of efficiency or passenger comfort or anything like that, but, uh, you know, in, in, in everything that they are. And it will be also probably, um, I think I just said it earlier, but it will be also 
lessons. And I'm sure what I'm what I'm saying is I'm sure other airports, fire departments are also interested in knowing yeah. do they have to adapt some procedures depending of the type of airplane? Is because we said the burn is slightly different. Uh, maybe they don't. I have no knowledge in how you know. Yeah, that's an interesting point. But maybe you know because it's, it burns differently. We've seen it. The, clearly, the images were 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 quite staggering. I've never seen composite burn like this because I, no. I don't. I wasn't. Yeah. So does that mean that they have to change some procedures? Maybe they will. I, I I'm pretty sure other airports are also interested in knowing. If there is some training to be done or procedures to be uh, MOs to, to be to be, yeah, to be changed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even air traffic control procedure as well. I know that in the U.S. there has been so much concern that there is an accident, a big accident waiting to happen in at a U.S. airport. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Uh, it's 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 almost. I mean, it's not fun, but it's it's. We had all these runway incursions or these near misses last year. And everybody was almost forecasting that something will happen at some point because there's no yeah. way after all these repeat incidents and it had to happen in Japan. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, maybe a wake-up call. Maybe there's fatigue as well from yeah. um, ATC. We know there's staffing issues everywhere. I don't know if it's a case in Japan. I didn't read, it, read up on it, so I have no idea. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully out of this tragedy will come a lot of uh, green shoots for the future. Yep. But yeah, well... Yeah, that was a way to start the year. Yeah, way to start the year, exactly. Um, the gel, the three fifty, it's their new, um, their new flagship, the, the, the one thousand. Uh, so not that one. That one. though, I should have looked it up before we recorded this. I was wondering just now that you said you you, you mentioned three fifty. I said maybe was that it, it's. Evidently, from Hokkaido to uh, to Tokyo, they have high density planes. That one, however, was it that domestic version or was it an international mm. version that they were training for? Because they just launched their three fifty one thousand as their new flagship. It's the first new flagship in nearly twenty years. Uh, they've introduced, you know, the, the, the new first class and new business class, which is a clearly a response to ANA because it clearly yeah. look very similar these square big rooms and stuff yeah yeah so which they, they look really nice and then for our friend i forgot your name man it will come back to me that is very tall and has been written to us <laughs> i don't have your name in front of me the, the the first bed length man is two meters and three centimeters so 80 wow. inches and in business is 198 so what 78 inches i guess so yeah and they have a wall yeah and they look they look very nice so that's uh, <laughs> just uh, they just launched it i think the the, the the flight was it to the us just happened i think a few days yeah. ago new york um, interestingly the the seats in business and first are their own design so japanese oh. design but Primameco they bought from the French, from Safran. Uh, it looks, uh, there's no wall, obviously, but it looks, it looks really nice, too. Um, talking about Japan, uh, we don't have the time today because a lot to cover because of our travels. I mean, I want to go back to the the one I promised in the last episode, the follow-up of on my own travels. And if you've read the name of the episode, you already understood where we're going with Alex later on. But we have no time today, but it seems 2024 is a year we're finally back in terms of recovery post this crazy COVID thing. Uh, and I'm talking here about Japan, but not only, but Japan uh, in 2019, there was 32 million, nearly 32 million visitors. 
2023 in comparison 25 million, but they're on track to basically beat 2019 in 2024, so this year. And when you look at the IATA numbers, we're just not there yet in the end yeah. of 2023. We're counting all traffic because some regions, especially domestic US, was already above 2019 during the year. In Europe too, I think. But clearly this year, it should be. So four years later, uh, not far from our predictions, four years later, we're <laughs> back on track. Back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. So to talking about we're back, I'm going to go there. So last time... Alex started with his travels and I did mine. So this time we're reversing. I'm going to do mine first and then Alex. <clears throat> uh, so uh, where was I? I was in New York. Remember, guys, I did La Compagnie. Thank you, everybody, for giving us feedback about the last episode. Paolo said it was his favorite episode, our two travels from last time. He, he, that was his favorite episode. So thank you very much. I don't know why. We didn't do anything special in the previous episode. Uh, so I was in New York, and I was I was a heavy November. And a friend of mine organizes uh, uh, big events, but also has uh, consulting services in Pakistan. As you know, I've been to Pakistan several times. As Paul, I needed to come to Pakistan. And I'm like... I have literally four days in between two travels. I'm like, no, I, and I, I, I kept saying, no, I cannot. There's no way. And he insists, insists. And I said, okay, yeah, it was yes, no, yes, no. I'm in New York. And at some point I said, you know, oh, whatever, I'll come. If you can deal with a visa, which is always a difficulty for any foreigner, actually, to get it uh, fast, I'll be coming. It's very last minute decision. Uh, one of the reasons also for the back and forth was, the, of course, the limited budget. And the, the later it was in the process of me actually saying yes, the more expensive it began. And there's not that many routes, surprisingly, from uh, London to go to Pakistan, especially at a good price. Uh, and I ended up saying, which I often do actually with a lot of clients, and I said, you just give me the budget and I'll figure it out. And since mm -hmm. I said, I remember uh, we, we both said, but I said clearly last year that I'm going to start using miles. I said, you know what? I'm going to do something with my miles uh, to find a way to go to Pakistan on a very specific day. On a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., I needed to be there. I needed to leave on, I think, Friday. Right, and that was so I limited myself not only because I had not a lot of time to prepare for it, but also because. On a single day, there was not a lot, lot of options. And it turned out there was not a lot of options, unless I wanted to basically bankrupt myself. Um, I started by looking, of course, at BAs, executive clubs, uh, miles and search. Man, this thing is always broken for some reason. I don't know. What yeah. to do. I mean, be between the website not working and, I mean, not clearly not being re reachable or the searches just stopping working mid-search, uh, I couldn't find nothing, basically, right? Uh, so I gave up pretty quickly, and I concentrated my efforts on uh, other programs where I still have miles. So there was Emirates, but it was way too expensive, and I'll talk about Emirates and their miles in a forthcoming episode because that's my rent. Uh, that will come eventually. <laughs> and so I concentrated myself on Miles and More, uh, which is the Lufthansa's program, I mean, so the Star Alliance program, and uh, on uh, Qatar, which is Avios. I tried many combinations, I'm going to cut the story short, and basically I could find only one, only one way to go there and arrive on time, and I was with Miles and Moore, and I was London to Zurich with Swiss, then Zurich to Istanbul with Turkish, and then Istanbul obviously to Karachi with wow. Turkish. Uh, and on the way back, I found uh, with Qatar, Qatar Airways, I found uh, basically Karachi, Doha, Doha, uh, London, Gatwick. Gatwick being closer to me and easier to get to, especially with this traffic. Uh, so 
I was like, okay, let's 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 do that. Uh, both, especially compared to B Executive Club, again, both pretty straightforward to use your miles. They were the miles. It's not only that I could find only one on the way there, on the way back there were more options, but the miles were, it was off-peak, you know, it's not called off-peak, but it was good. The taxes were not too high. Uh, same with Qatar, surprisingly. Uh, so Qatar, especially, man, you should, that's, I mean, you have Avios. You, I'm literally on the booking page of Qatar Airways on the, you know, award flight thing. I don't have any Avios on Qatar at that point. I go, I transfer, in about five seconds, they are there, and I click buy, and that's it. Wow. It's, it's very efficient. It works really well, the IT of Qatar Airways compared to BA. So that's very, you, you need to combine your accounts, uh, which is pretty easy to do, very easy actually to do. Uh, and basically on Qatar Airways, you can see your Avios uh, amount, how many you have from BA, and you can just transfer them. It's very, very easy to do. Oh, that's great. So that's it, so I'm, I'm buying these two tickets. Let's go to the flight itself. I'm on an Uber uh, on that. Uh, that's a Monday, obviously. I just had to return from New York, so I'm still a bit jet lagged, but whatever. The new Swiss app is actually nice and new. Uh, it's, it has evolved from the last time I flew, which was a long time ago. And it, it, they have now the, uh, where is my plane? They call that aircraft rotation, mm. which is not too badly done. So you can know where the plane went. And, and, and he told me that my plane is already late. I'm like, okay, well, uh, it's, <laughs> it's my first, man. You remember I was always at T2 um, in Ether. It was my first time at T2 sin since November 2019. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, five years, uh, three or four, sorry, four years that I hadn't been to T2. It doesn't change much. Some shops change it, whatever. But I go to the, um, I go to the uh, Swiss check-in. So I didn't have any luggage to check in, but it's a, it's a weird thing. Mize and more works really well, but Turkish has weird things going for them. So... I was able, so I downloaded, re-downloaded both the Swiss app and the Turkish app. And I said, I'm going to get my Swiss boarding pass on the Swiss app, and I'm going to get my uh, Turkish boarding passes on the Turkish one. Turkish does not recognize the same uh, PNR, the same booking number. So I didn't have the translation of what I should have used. It does not either recognize the ticket numbering of uh, the one that Mazda Moore gave me. So I was not able to access anything on, on, on Turkish. However... I still had, on Swiss, my three boarding passes. But I still went to the, to the, to the Swiss check-in because the Swiss boarding passes didn't show my seats, although I knew I had them on my reservation page. I was like, I want to make sure I have those seats, but I chose them, you know, me and you were the same. I chose them specifically. I want those seats. Yeah, yeah, of course. And she tells me, um, sorry, I cannot print them. You'll have to do that in Zurich. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So I go to the lounge. Uh, first time, I know it's going to feel like uh, people are going to laugh at me, but I used to go to the senator lounge and I have to go to the, the peasant Peasants business lounge. lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I feel. <laughs> the, the lounge hasn't changed at all uh, since I was at the opening. As you remember, I was invited the day before for dinner there uh, years and years ago. So the flight is delayed uh, again. Uh, it's funny because when you arrive, you know, it's every language in the world. You know, the, the nice, it was a lady in that in that, that day. She told me, oh, your flight is delayed by 20 minutes. And I'm like looking at my app, like, no, it's 45. She says, no, it's 20. Like, I'll tell you, it's 45. And 10 minutes later, she's like, yeah, yeah. You came to me. Yeah, it's 45. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have an app here called Flighty and tells me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I was not too worried because in the end, I had like, a, I think, a 
two and a half hours in Zurich, and you know Zurich, it's very yeah. easy to transfer to, so whatever. What time of day was this? Uh, morning. Oh, was so morning. unusual for there to be a delay that early. I'll come to that in a second, because I love oh. the explanation. <laughs> okay. So I go to gate, I think it was 826 or something, uh, a bit early. I'm always timing, you know, probably like that. I know, I know that the gate usually, the boarding starts around 40, 45 minutes before, so I time it to be like at 55 so I can be quite early in the queue if I'm priority. And I was, you know, I, I booked myself on business. So I'm like, okay, I'm good because I wanted to use my miles. I'm okay. And I'm lining up, lining up. Lining up. It's, it's weird. And, and the, the, the flight is opening a bit earlier. And I, you know, there are people already in front of me. So I go and I follow and uh, eh, eh, denied. And I'm like, what? Ah, I'm on the wrong line. I was, I was about to fly to Geneva. I don't know what oh, the hell happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly lost my mojo. I went on the wrong gate. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, no. so I end up entering the right aircraft. Uh, it's a 320neo. I mean, that Euro business, uh, which is basically, as everybody knows, who lives in Europe, it's a business only in name, uh, similar room than economy, I guess. But I, it felt there was a little bit more room than a BA uh, similar 320neo. Uh, and, you know, I was bored. So I was reading up how do Swiss compare. And Swiss has this thing where... The, the leg room start, I think, at 32 inch for the, the first nine rows. And then it gradually reduces until it goes to 28 or 27 at the very last row. So basically, you're getting more cramped the more in the back you go. So the last row must be held because also it has no window. So never get on the last row of the Swiss aircraft to 20 Neo. And, and, and also, I didn't know that. Seats can only be reclined up to uh, row nine. And then they're not reclinable. That's weird. Yeah, right? So I guess they're, they were trying is that to do a bu- something. Is that a business class thing? Like yeah. That? Yeah, yeah. But hmm. in that flight, I was in row seven, though when I boarded, they gave me a six, whatever. So the the, the, the curtain was at row nine. But it seemed, uh, so the, 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 <laughs> the crew was very, uh, was puzzled because I think nobody had told them that actually business that day started stopped at six. So the curtain was the wrong place. And some people were super happy to be upgrading business, but they were not. I mean, it was really, I mean, it was just cute, you know. <laughs> and you know, the crew said, no, you cannot sit in the middle. There's no seat in the middle here in business class. Yeah, but I have my, like, oh, huh? anyway, uh, very nice flight, you know, nothing uh, to write home about. Uh, I mentioned, I think we talked about it in an episode. They don't, Swiss sadly didn't order the new, large, uh, supersize overhead bins. Oh, yeah. So it was still a Tetris to make it work. But it, I mean, not for me, but I could see they took a little bit of time. We de- end up departing an hour late. And there is your answer to your uh, question earlier. The pilot comes on the PN, uh, blames uh, Ethro for having been, for being slot constrained and they <laughs> couldn't land and now they cannot leave. So that's Ethro. Okay. Right? Yeah. And that, I'm no surprise whatsoever. <laughs> And then the flight, I mean, uh, the, the you know, the, the service itself is nothing to write home about. It's very efficient and very nice, so nothing negative. Uh, the flight itself, man, is a roller coaster. Uh, the crew has to sit and the coffee pots are on the floor and there are gaps everywhere, oh, wow. and the turbulences. But I'm watching The Bear. I don't know if you've seen that uh, show. Love it, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm watching The Bear, so I can't give an F because I love that show so much. Uh, I was binging it when I was uh, when I was flying there. So I'm like, yeah. So I totally sucked in. I'm like, yeah, the plane can crash now. I don't care. I love that show too much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I land. I and at Zurich, 
I had to go from D to E. E has these very nice uh, international gates. I take this uh, little, um, what's the name, the little uh, metro, the middle tram that yodels. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that yodels when you're taking it. Uh, from landing to arriving at the the new sets of gates took 10 minutes. Uh, really, I mean, it's really fantastic. Wow. Uh, the Sky Metro, Sky Metro it's called. Uh, there's a security at E. It, it feels a security from the 70s. Nothing has changed as Zurich. That security is still tiny as F and not very practical, but there's no one, so it's fine, and people are super kind. And I'm like, okay, I need to print these boarding passes. So I'm like, is there ticketing at TK and at, at, at Zurich? There was no ticketing, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have to, have to go like landside. There's no way I'm going to go landside because by that time, I thought I would have only like an hour and a half. So I'm like, well... I'm going to end up going to the gate. I'm going to sort it out of the gate. Uh, and again, I know that at the gate, people, the, the staff will show up about 60 minutes before departing time. So I'm like, let's go to a lounge. Uh, all the lounges, they are on the third floor. If you know Zurich E-Gates, fantastic. All the lounges have uh, basically um, a terrace. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, beautiful places. I end up going to... So I knew Aspire was supposed to accept DK, but I arrived there and says, do you have an invitation? And I was like, nope. You cannot, yeah. but uh, I go to the prime class lounge, which is whatever next door, uh, and they accept Turkish. So I give my, it says TK number, but it's a Swiss boarding pass. I still don't have my printed boarding passes. And of course, eh, eh, is, <laughs> but the guy says, don't worry, I can see your name and a manifest. I'm going to just write your name down. I enter this lounge. It's very nice. It got even awards from the, I think Priority Pass gave him the best lounge 2019 award or something. It's it's really wow. nice. It's a nice terrace on both sides. For some reason, I don't know why, people tended to be seated on the side when you can see um, the runway 1432, and you cannot really see it well. Uh, whereas on the other side, you have like 1028 in front of you. You have like this aircraft departing right in front of you. And there's no one there. I was like, I don't understand people. Uh, no, I don't understand that either. But you and me, yeah, but you and me would have, I mean, you would have chosen the same. There were so many sofas and I was there with my coffee watching the planes departing. Yeah. It was really fantastic. That's the whole man. point. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole point. I mean, it's raining, it's gray, there's low visibility, but yeah, I can see the planes and I'm still super happy. Then, as I said, it's about an hour before departing time. I'm like, okay, I should go to the gate to try to figure out uh, this uh, boarding pass. So these are the very end. At the very end, there are gates that you have to go underground. So they're like kind of the boring gates, but anyway, yeah. so I'll go there. There's already a lot of people uh, waiting, and I make my way to the the desk. And I, you know, at some point you break the crowd and you arrive, mm-hmm. so they understand that somebody is coming to the desk. And I, and I don't say anything, and I hear an ominous, Mr. Papadimitriou, we were looking for you. Uh-oh. I, oh, what does that mean? And I was given a choice, uh, uh, either a downgrade or the next flight. Um, so what happened? I truly, completely don't understand, but there was no more room in business class, even though I was in business class. Uh, he told me that I was the last to have booked, because I had booked like two days prior, I was the last to have booked, so the first to be booted off. Mm. Probably doesn't help that I'm not gold anymore, so I was not in some algorithm to keep me there anyway. The first reaction, I'm like, guys, you know what, downgrade, because I have a connecting flight, I have to be at 9 a.m. on stage, you know, so everything is like a domino. If I take the yeah. following flight, which is in three, four hours, yeah, I'm going to be in a very nice uh, seat in a A321 to Istanbul, but no, I'm going to miss, yeah, I made a yeah. promise to my friend to be on stage at 9 a.m. 
Uh, and by the way, I would land in Karachi at six. So, you know, this is tight. Um, so I, I choose a downgrade, like, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. But, and I must say, the dispatcher, because I had to deal with the dispatcher, it was probably the best airport interaction I had in a decade. Wow. That, that, that guy was... Not only kind and professional as you expect, especially in a situation when probably, you know, the business class passenger that uh, has this deal happening to him. But he was, I mean, first of all, he was super apologetic. Uh, you could see that he was trained, or maybe maybe that was him, how to deal with that. But the fact, maybe that helped, the fact that I said downgrade almost immediately without, you know, complaining, or what the mm -hmm. hell is happening? He was so thankful I don't know. Do they get a? Do they get like some kind of uh, reprimand if that happens on their side? I don't know because he was almost relieved that I would, you know, accept a downgrade. I was like, it's fine, you know, whatever. It's it's a two and a half hour whatever flight, and like I'm, I need to get there. I'm not, and I was, and I was happy. I mean, as long as I'm in the flight, and um, the guy said, yeah, but we're gonna make it good for you. So first of all, because you accepted the downgrade, we go. You have a three hundred euro voucher. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> remember, guys, that was basically that covered almost my taxes. So basically, my, yeah, that yeah, means yeah. that besides the mice, my whole flight was free. So yeah, yeah. And right away, you know, paperwork, paperwork, WhatsApp calls, computer, old computer for the 80s, terminal, prints the thing, uh, makes me sign the paper, puts his name. Okay, do you want to do you want to print copy? I said, no, I'm just going to take a picture with my phone so I have a proof. Yeah, but you'll mm -hmm. get an email. In the next 10 minutes, uh, Turkish is pretty, is really good actually at that, you'll, you'll see. And then he said, and to thank you, I'll give you the emergency exit, the entire row. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Wow. I'm not gonna say no to that. Um, and because I'm at the desk, he says, yeah, just stay here and you'll be the first in the aircraft anyway. So basically I'm priority, which is being good. Um, finally, I have my printed boarding pass. This one will be downgrade, <laughs> but the next one. So I'm happy that now I have my seat secured on the following flight. So no more surprises there because that plane ended up being late as well. Everything is freaking late. Mm -hmm. um, so I enter the aircraft. I sit in this emergency exit. And you know, it's A321 and you've been, BA has the same configuration when it's like this forever leg room because there's, yeah. There's no, there's, there's nothing no in front of you. Yeah, exactly. So actually, so the three twenty one of of of, of um, Turkish has fantastic business seats. They're not traditional Euro business, but I basically had a better seat because of the legroom. I mean, I was like, yeah, so, yeah. and honestly, I had, when I'm saying I have the entire row, the entire row. So not only the three seats on my end, the entire. I'm like, no, it doesn't make any sense. So. You know, I'm sitting there and like, there's no way there's not going to be someone wants to sit there. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting in the plane. Nobody sits there. Nobody sits He comes to, I can see this dispatcher comes and says, are you happy with this? And like, yeah, thank you. And like, again, thank you so much, Mr. Papadini. He says, call me Paul. Thank you so much, Mr. Papadini. So uh, we'll make sure that everything happens. Did you receive the email? I like, oh, I should check. Oh, the email is there. So he says, oh, you have these emails. So now you can go and get the cash in, in Istanbul if you want. Like, oh, great. Okay, good. He leaves, more people coming, boarding is done, he comes back. He's like, I just came back to, I wanted to make sure that the entire row is for you. And I'm like, it's okay if people want to sit on the other side, you know, like, I'm like, no, 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 the, the seat is for you. Turkish apologizes profusely for this. It never happens. So I wanted to give you this for you. Wow. So they have the, I have the entire row, the two basic, I have the entire thing for myself. I can see the other, I mean, 
fantastic. I'm very happy. So yeah, that, that service, that uh, I was like, you know what, it's going to be great. And and, and the, then the crew was very also very kind with me, thanking me for having accepted this downgrade. I'm like, it's fine, guys. It's okay. Say it twice, but then <laughs> give it up. I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're waiting, waiting, waiting uh, because of the weather. We're late. Anyway, the door is still not closed. He comes back one more time, that Beat, the dispatcher, is like, I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate it so much. We'll do better next time. And I'm like, no, you, you, I mean, look at this. It's fine. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. wow. Yeah, exactly. So then we ended up leaving, uh, pasta or chicken, as always, I took chicken. Uh, the white wine was closer to our uh, vinegar mixed with car oil, but that's fine. Uh, then uh, <laughs> Istanbul, the longest taxi ever. I think besides Amsterdam, yeah. that's one of the longest taxis, right? Please. <laughs> to Istanbul. Longest walk to transfers too. And, you know, you, so we discussed, we're not going to do too long. We discussed about Istanbul. I went just after it was open. You went last year. We talked about it. Yeah, you were right. Uh, as in the number of shops. When I went, it was not bare, but there was not a lot of shops. Now it's like yeah. it's packed. Everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. It's unreal, it's, isn't it? It's unreal. It's, it's, it's like a mall mixed with an airport. It's it's it, it, a museum and everything. It's. Yeah. I remember in the past, uh, transfers at the old Istanbul was always a, a disaster from international to international. And it was always a disaster. This is like, there's like 20 billion uh, transfer gates. And there was no one. I even I took the fast track just because I wanted to try the fast track, even though there's no one anywhere. It yeah. took like literally 30 seconds, nothing out. They have these new machines for, you know, the, the x-rays. It was really super efficient, super civilized. Great. I loved it. I mean, it's cavernous and ginormous at airport. Uh, and um, the the Turkish app has uh, wayfinding with the entire airport map. So I was like, oh, I'm going to look where I can get the cash. Can I get the cash, you know, from the compensation? Because yeah. why not? So that was landside. It's like, okay, no way. I'm not going to go out and go back in just no. for the cash. I'm just going to deal with uh, online. Something I will end up regretting maybe someday because still don't have the cash, by the way. I'll tell that story <laughs> another time. Uh <laughs> So I go to the lounge, uh, the business. So I used to go to the Turkish, you know, there's two lounges that mirror each other. Yeah. They looked exactly the same mirror on the top. And one is called the Miles and Smile Lounge, which is the program from Turkish. And the other one is called Business. The Miles and Smile Lounge is if you fly in Turkish and you're part of that specific program and you're in business. And if you're Starlands Gold, so that's where I used to be able to go, but because I'm no longer Starlands Gold, I go to the, the other one. They're exactly the same. Still, it's not my favorite lounge, but it's impressive because, you know, there's a piano, a tea section, a football store, and a restaurant, and another restaurant, and then a view in the gigantic building. And what was it? There was a virtual golf, and uh, there's a bar with a lounge TV, and then there's like a, what was it? There was like some roasting i mean it's just crazy the 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 this the, the the number of stuff you can you can do there uh oh yeah these like 20 billion tvs showing 25 programs at the same time i don't and people sat in front of it they say how do you listen to one program specifically i don't know yeah. but yeah I, I just find sometimes that it's a bit confusing where to get the food and where to get the drinks i think it's not yeah. but otherwise yeah great lounge um should i stay in the lounge or walk like seven kilometers to get to my gate. Yeah, well, let's me walk the seven kilometers to get to my gate. <laughs> I arrive exactly on time. It's a 3.30, The plane is nine years old. And remember, I told you I had no choice. That was the only flight. And I didn't check. I should have, maybe. I didn't check. I said, okay, 3.30 from Turkish is going to be that business class, that uh, the old one, you know, the um, 
the two two, uh, yeah. which is completely open, but it's fine. I like it. Uh, no, it was uh, something back from the sixties, like some kind of very angled seat. And I'm like, so I have a five hour flight and I need to sleep because I need to be on stage. It's, that's going to be a tough one. Mm. And yes, it was. A, I don't think I was, <laughs> it was a almost horrible sleep. And I remember there was a, a passenger in front of me and he was complaining to the, this crew that this seat was unacceptable. And the crew was actually uh, apologizing. And I remember the crew said, yeah, but we, we bought a lot of th uh, 350s. It'll come soon. <laughs> it was like, yeah, they cannot come soon enough. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, I tried to sleep. Uh, I didn't want to eat because, again, it was a very short flight, five, five hours in total, I think. Um, you know, I ended up like being an animal. I put my feet on the armrest in front of me. I mean, there was no one, right? Don't I'm not that kind of person because it was the only way I could try to find yeah, a way try, to sleep. Yeah, get oh, comfortable. That's the worst feeling. Oh, man. Uh, so instead of, I mean, I didn't sleep a lot, so at least I had some entertainment. It's like we're looking at a window. There's... This is one of the biggest pathways. Is there's so many, you keep crossing planes uh, and they mm. seem so close. Of course they're not, but they seem like this, this is way too close for comfort. So I was watching planes actually going, you know, at night you can see just the lights or whatever. Uh, and then I arrive at uh, Karachi and uh, it's 5.30 or something. And a friend is waiting for me from the organization, waiting for me airside. I'm like, oh, good. Um, you remember my whole fast track, I, uh, Karachi. So this, <laughs> no, don't do that anymore. Uh, Basically, uh, there's cameras everywhere now. So because it, it was it was not alone, it was with the head of immigration. And I was kind of eyeing him like, should I thank the head of immigration? He looks at me with the big eyes like, shut the phone. No, 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 it's fine. Okay, well, so don't. Yeah, if you've listened to that episode, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> uh, then basically a few days in Karachi are, 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 can be condensed in one sentence, in one um, line of questioning. Me saying, I'm not hungry. And them replying, why? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's Pakistan for you. Uh, wonderful as always, but shorter than usual. On the return, very early flight, very, very early flight in the morning, Qatar. So no traffic, 12 minutes to the airport that never happens. Something that I know you don't do either. Uh, I like to fly alone. Uh, and I learned that one of the speakers, she's a friend, but the speaker is going to be on the same flight. And at the same time, I'm happy because I like her, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you're blessed in the morning. I'm going to look like shit. And uh, I like to be on my own. But anyway, so we end up, of course, in the same car going to the airport. Uh, there's a new, not a new, but there's like a business entry to the airport. I had never used it. It was always closed. It's weird because you go there, you get your boarding pass and then you go to a first security and then you go to your backdrop, which I didn't have to drop any bag. And then you go to, an, uh, to immigration and then you go to another security and then you go to another <laughs> security. Anyway, uh, the poor, she was actually, she should have said, I don't want to be with Paul. You remember Argo, the story last time I could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know what's, I think I need to change my password. Again, I go, so she goes first. So first of all, there's the lines are not, you know, Pakistan. I'm saying that with a lot of love, guys. There's lines, but nobody respects where you're supposed to go. And I'm like, where's the fast track for business? Be like, yeah, it's there. And like, everybody's on all the lines. And I see there's a family line and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to the guy. I'm like, I'm with her. We're coming here. The guy's like, yeah, it's only for family. She's my family. And I'm just, <laughs> so I fast tracked myself. And so I, but I, being a gentleman, I tell her, go first. And she goes and she does. She's out. She's through, through in, in a second. And me, you know, the, the passport on the little reader, 
nothing happens again. And I'm like, oh uh, my God. And then he calls, he WhatsApps, or I don't know, he calls someone, he sees a supervisor coming in, like, oh my God, he's at the same store. And she's waiting, and I keep telling her, no, no, go, go, go to the lounge, it's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come eventually, yeah. or not, <laughs> or never. Uh, so yeah, well, I ended up going through, but I, I still think there's something wrong. With, so maybe it's not my passport. Maybe my information is wrongly databased in the immigration authorities. I don't know what. I, so now I will have this in my head every time I go to Pakistan. I'm gonna. I want. I need. I need to become British and get another passport. Maybe that will sort this out. Yeah. To change my name, Alex. Can I call? <laughs> can I call myself a uh, hunter? So maybe that will help. <laughs> so. Um, we had learned, uh, Qatar, uh, <laughs> at the check-in, had told us there's no lounge because uh, the lounge has been taken over by the airport authority. I'm like, eh? That's weird. Yeah. So what do you answer that? Like, nothing. Mm. And indeed, when walking, all the lounges that I, I knew were closed. All of them were closed. I don't know what happened. They were all closed. One remained open, I think, called Majestic. And I tell my friend, I said, well, let's take a look. And... Uh, as I entered, I know I didn't know if it was priority pass, whatever. But as I entered, I see it's so packed. I said, you know what? Forget it. Let's get a coffee because there's it's, it's more people in the lounge than the rest of the airport because everybody yeah. has somehow access. So we go to that ninth security or something near the gate, get a coffee. And by the way, there's like a very old 747 on the tarmac. I think I sent you the picture. So I'm very happy to look at that instead of looking at some random lounge. So I'm very happy to be there. We board super quick. It takes like 10 minutes. No printing, stupid thing like last time. Like, you know, these uh, eh, 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 yeah, eh, for 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. This time it just goes. And we are alone in business. It's a 777-200 uh, uh, LR. Q-suite. I'd booked 1K when, because why not? But basically, that's me and her, and she's like in whatever. And she says, I always wanted to try, always wanted to try the middle ones. I'm like, okay, let's do the middle ones, and let's ask them to, you know, remove the walls. So yeah. we did ourselves a four thing, you know, for the family thing, just <laughs> for the hell of it. That's right. Yeah, why not? It was fun. It was fun. And basically, you know, it's a short flight, like three hours or something. And uh, we were, we had slept, I had slept maybe like what, two and a half hours because it was very early in the morning. We had gone out the night before. So the plan was to to sleep, but no, we drank champagne and talked. Uh, she's tra she's traveling like more than us. And wow. uh, we, for two and a half hours, we talked about what are the worst and the best airports in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Good conversation. Yeah. She agrees on Frankfurt for the worst. So <laughs> she can remain a friend. She can there you remain go. a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the litmus test. So to say, all that to say that it ended up me not liking flying with someone else, generally being loving being alone, was very agreeable for once to fly with someone who was like-minded. We had like, um, it's not Afghish, I cannot call her an Afghik, but it was fun conversation. So it was, it was, and you know, the crew, they were like four and were two. So it was fun. We're talking to them and they were, it was really nice. Um, I arrived in, um, in Qatar and, and then I'll, I'll shorten the story because it will be your turn. I arrived in Qatar and uh, I arrived at the North Concourse, the new Areval Concourse Concourse C, the new Gates C, with, you know, remember Al Baker, Shangi as <laughs> computers. <laughs> so look, it's impressive. Is it Shangi? Probably not, but it's really impressive. You have trees inside, you have a huge pane of glass above where you are so the sun is going in plus it's early morning so the sun is it's really nice 
you have pathways that are above the trees and between the trees and then you have shops all around and you have restaurants and you have like it's it's it is really nice there's not like the water feature of course it's not shanky the jewel mm-hmm. but the difference is this is actually in the airport jewel as you know is like yeah. um, landside it's it's really nah it's yeah it's it was really always impressive good, good man you have to see it it's, it's really impressive and uh so because i'm still with her and i'm like okay we're gonna have some coffee and then uh you go to your flight i think she was flying to paris and i go to mine but me uh, but i had the whole day in Doha. i'll take i'll explain that in a bit but i say okay so let's go to a lounge the thing she she had her first flight was in business her second flight was in economy because she couldn't for some reason she was trying to upgrade herself on, on online and couldn't. So she, we go to a desk and she upgrades herself uh, to get in business class. Uh, she's that kind of person, man, whatever. Uh, and uh, we arrive in the new Al-Murhan. So it's, this, it's a business lounge from Qatar, which is in the north part. The old one, not old, but it's in the south part, right? And they, they have this weird rule. They say, oh, you, me, I, Paul, you can come in, but she cannot. I'm like, why? It's like, we only accept people that are in business like she is. Yeah, but only people that have upgraded themselves in the past 15 days. Uh, so prior to the 15 days. That doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense, right? Anyway, we go to another lounge, which is also business, which is more generic, but it's very nice, very nice to use all the lounges in there. Uh, and we have coffee, whatever. Then we take the tram to go to the south because that's where... So basically, I'm being a gentleman. Again, I say, I'm going to walk you to your to your gate, but also because I knew that in the Al-Murhan South, the one I used to always go, there are lockers, and I want to go out to Doha, so ah. let's go together there. We take this tram, which is not a tram, it's like a science fiction spacecraft. There's like, you're above everything, you see all the gates, it's really fantastic. And you you arrive, uh, I say goodbye to her, I go, I put my lockers, uh, my, my, I put my luggage in my lockers, and I went to Doha because uh, I had uh, seven hours or something. I wanted to see a museum. So I went to see this new museum, the National Museum of Qatar, which I wasn't there last time I went. So it was really nice. I did. I had some food and everything. Come back to the airport. Very easy. There's, they have a, a metro. You can see that the metro has been vastly improved because of the World Cup. Before that, mm-hmm. it was also still bare bones. It's like there's, I took two lines. It was great. You know, there's, they even have a first class in the metro, man, like in the front. <laughs> Well, of course they do. Uh, I, I, I checked it out. Uh, didn't 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 have a, a Swiss controller coming to me. And says you're in first class. <laughs> yeah. Private joke for me and Alex, guys. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I go back to the airport with that same metro. So my lock, my, my luggage are in the locker still, and I'm saying I didn't get the chance to see this Al Murhan North because we were prevented to go to. I'm like I still have a few hours. Uh, I'm going to go. So I took that tram again, that spacecraft, go to the north. That lounge, man, that's probably one of the best lounges I've ever seen in my life. It's a whole floor, obviously, uh, as they all do now. Uh, but man, it's that's where actually, as soon as you enter, in the middle, that's where the Louis Vuitton lounge is. It's a lounge within a lounge. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you have to pay. So basically, if you want to go there, you can, but you have to pay extra for everything. I'm like, I know. No, Thanks. Right? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Right? No, it just makes no, no, no sense. So the on the left, you have sofas and sofas and seats and secluded sofas and low tables and carpets and a water feature and a bar and quiet areas and showers and a work area. And then there's a Dior beauty retreat thing. 
And on the other side, on the right side, there's a... Oh, yeah, and I went to the quiet room. The quiet room, like, they're almost like a hotel. The individual rooms with a fridge and sofas. And you're like, what? Wow. <laughs> there's not an actual bed, because I think they still want to prevent you from... If you have to choose, they'd rather you to go to the hotel, because probably it's the same, you know, yeah. But it's really nice. Anyway, on the other side, there's, a, of course, food and food. There's a gym, there's a spa, there's a game room that has a pool, football, and a PS5 in a huge, massive screen, man. Wow. With a PS5, I couldn't play because it was someone else. Uh, <laughs> there's a children's room and a family room, and there's a sushi bar, and there's a bar, and there's a second bar, and there's a private dining room, and you're like, what's going on? And all the seats are super well laid out. They're all a bit different. It creates like these old sections, natural different sections. It's very tastefully done. And, and there's food on display in, in, in hidden besides very nice glass displays. And it's, I thought, is that fake food? No, no, it's real food. And because I, I saw them, they were changing it from time to time. But, you know, you cannot take it. It's just to sh show you what kind of, I mean, no, it's crazy. And I had sushi wow. and it was great. And it was like, this this lounge is, is mm. I don't know which one I prefer now, the new Al Muhan or the old one, but it's, mm -hmm. oh yeah, and you, man. And you go to the bathroom, and they open the door to the stall. You're like, I can't do that myself. And and they flush ones in front of you, and they they, they put paper on the lid, and uh, you welcome, sir. And then they close the stall, and you're like, okay, you're doing your business. And you get out, and they're just there, and they hand you a towel once you wash your hands. Oh, and now you no. feel that Dubai Airport is crap compared to that, because you're like, I don't have that kind of service in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, man. And of course, wow. the entire lounge has a view on this orchard, on the trees and on the... So it's, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. I mean, no one comes close, man. That's, yeah. It's just... I've never heard anything like that. And the level of service, the aesthetics, the design, and it, 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 what I found especially well done was the way the sound design was done. It seems like it's huge, but you don't hear anything. They probably clever the way the probably architects thought about it. It feels like it's everything is toned down. You cannot hear anything. I mean, not you hear obviously because you're in the open. The, you know, it's the ceilings are like thirty feet high and whatever. But it's really well made because it's like it's quiet whilst being very open. You're like, how did they achieve that? It's probably sound design. But it's just at least let's say I said no one comes close. No one comes close at that scale. Let's right. put it that way. I I I, I yeah. It's, I don't know what to tell you, man. You, I just need to tell you, you need to fly them, right? Yeah, and the I staff really is, is clearly, the staff in this lounge is clearly hotel trained. Like uh, you finish eating, they take, they're there. You you sit down, they're there to take your order. They, you, because usually no, I don't usually sit down, but I have time, right? And they, oh yeah, there was this dude, uh, this staff, he made a fork fall uh, where the buffet section is. I think it took four seconds of, uh, to be taken, removed, and replaced. The wow. fork, not the staff, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I go back south to, with that spacecraft tram. I take my 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 luggage, go to my um, to my gate, and you know when you wait in the gate, you look at the the board. These are the airports, and I'm not you like that as well. And you see Port Sudan, Nairobi, I don't know, Kuwait City, Tbilisi, Phnom Penh, you name it, and you're like. I just want to go to each of the each yeah, of these cities. <laughs> I, I love that. And I might just go one. I'm just going to pick one of those this year. I'm just going to go. Uh, and uh, yeah, I took a shower. I forgot. I took a shower in the in the Al Mukran Lounge, and it was great. Everything was really great. Honestly, fantastic. And um, 
and I'm at the gate and I'm, because that's me, I'm stupid. I'm in front of, you know, with the door open and then they lead you to the aircraft. And, um, and there's these staff and she, these guitar staff says, you can have, a, you can have a seat. We're not going to bore now. I'm like, I'm fine. I know, you know, I've been sat in the lounge for hours now. I'm, I'm, I'm staying here. It's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then she brings me one of these high chairs that they use at their desk, you know, with the oh, wheels. Kidding. And she's like, you can sit in front of the gates. You could be first in the plane. Don't worry. And she gives me that chair for me. That's very wow. kind. <laughs> that, that's amazing. It's a totally different service culture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so to Gatwick, it was a 787 8. Uh, I was uh, seat 4K, I think. No Q suite, but I love these older, they're not all older seat because I like the openness of it all. You know, there's no overhead bins in the middle. So it creates a uh, big, open space, uh, well lit. Um, there's sort of a bar-ish area at the back of business class. It was really nice. Really, really, really fun, nice flight. Uh, they gave me a loungewear, of course, a pyjama, man, and slippers and a medicine kit and uh, yes, everything. It, it's, um, I mean, the only thing I didn't use is the, uh, the, the, the eye mask. The secret is I still carry uh, Emirates first class eye masks from pre-2018. These are the best eye masks ever. So oh, me too. I, kept, I always have a little bag of them. They have earplugs. I kept stealing them and I have still a box at home. So that's the one I use. Even at home when I sleep here, sometimes uh, the weekend I want to sleep a little bit more, I use them. Um, and yeah, the fantastic flights. Uh, shout out to Mika. She was the, the head of cabin. She was honestly almost perfect. And uh, she was perfect. Sorry, but I, don't, I don't know why I say almost. Um, and that's when I'll finish. I used to say that Qatar was great, but that the service was very, you know, uh, they, they tried a lot. It was really good. You could see they were trying their best, but they were not up to uh, a cafe or, you know, people that had the experience yeah. for, this is changing, man. They have that, that Mika and other during these two flights, they have that level of service now. They, they got it nailed down. And now, so now there's, they're really at the levels of not only of the the quality of the seats and everything that maybe that's a matter of taste. The the quality of the service, the quality of the attentiveness, the, the reading the room and understanding the passenger. They have that nailed down, man. It was, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And we're going towards Baghdad, man. And I'm looking, and it's so beautiful to look down there. And yeah. we follow because I, you follow the Tigris, you know, the the, the, the river. And uh, we turn towards Samara and Mosul. And uh, and I'm like, I also want to go there. Yeah, I always have that feeling when I'm flying over that region. Oh, man, man. Oh, yeah. And I arrive at Gatwick and back to Blighty, but all good old Blighty, but it was really nice. And um, we were the first, the first flight to arrive in that, that morning. Uh, so I activated the border staff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and there you go. And then uh, another 24 hours and another flight, but that would be for another episode. I don't know when. Um, there you go. Wow, amazing. What a, what a journey. But man, Qatar, you should fly them. You should try them. Especially because I... it's so easy for you to use your avios and just use them on... Um, Existing avios. I'm not even talking about your rewards yeah. on MX and whatever. You can use it. So there, and they have sometimes either off peak, so they have like these also um, value, whatever, saver rewards or something. You should try them. Yeah, definitely. I definitely will. You, you've sold me. That whole mm. experience has sold me. But you know, and yeah, I should add that. I, we used to say, I used to say at least uh, that have you been Qatar? As in, 
you were not getting the product you were expecting because Qatar for a while, you know, they were advertising Q Suite, but they still had like these very old, super narrow, super tiny business class 222 or 232, which happened to me in the past. Now, basically all their product line is, up. They might, it's not always Q Suite, but it's all going to be very new. So you right. don't get Qatar anymore. <laughs> However, I can say, and please, guys, I know you're going to hate me for saying that, but you can still be Turkish because that happened to me. So you yeah. think you're going to get, but to give it to Turkish, I think they're just a few years behind Qatar because they just ordered like 5 million uh, new Airbuses. Yeah. They ordered like uh, almost like 100 350s and I don't know, like maybe 200, 321 uh, Neos, and, and and they already had 350s already, and, and probably they said they want more than 600 planes, so that they still have room for, like I think, maybe 200 Boeings that's going to come online. They're already talking about their new business class uh, for these, and they just introduced a new one like a few years ago. We're not talking like a long time ago, so they already have one that probably is going to be with a door and everything, so they, they're going to get there as well. And And talking about, because we were just saying that loving these destinations... I mean, Turkish is like, I think oh, more I than 350 destinations, at least they're 300 international ones for amazing. sure. 130, 140 countries. They, they carry maybe what, 80, 90 million passengers. They're like this mess. They, they have now the airport. I, I might prefer Doha over Istanbul, but they will get there as well. I mean, yeah. in terms of product, in terms of product, because I've been Turkish, I was not able to sleep in that seat but that's fine i'm not unhappy to have done so but uh, and maybe it was not a premium route you know maybe karachi i get it but they'll get there as well yeah they definitely will without question so before we go to your travel uh should we talk about uh, boeing taking its window to the max and <sighs> opening plugs <laughs> man what do you what do you think about this i think it could have been a lot worse well that's for sure because if it was higher men they still yeah. had their seatbelts on. They still had their seatbelts on. And, and yeah, I mean, this this door plug coming out is uh, just, I, I think it's representative of a major structural issue with that organization. That yeah. th th this has been waiting to happen for a long time. And I think, you know, I think everybody listening to this knows the story, but an Alaska flight from Portland to somewhere in Southern California, I can't remember was taking off and where there can be an emergency exit if the plane capacity or the seating capacity is high enough in its place is this thing called a door plug, which is essentially mm -hmm. just a window um, instead of having a full emergency exit. Yeah, from the inside, it doesn't look more than a window, but from the outside, yeah. you can make out that there is the, a... The, the yeah. perfor perforation, for want of a better word. <laughs> yes. <Where you> just... <laughs> and it's... <laughs> It's pressure sealed in. I mean, this is why you never worry about those things even make the, when they make strange noises, but they're reinforced with <clears throat> these four bolts. Mm -hmm. And I'm hugely oversimplifying this. Yeah, of course. Um, and it turns out that at least two of the bolts weren't even installed. And yeah, the other two were badly installed, if there at all. Yeah. And the door blew out at about 16,000 16, feet? Yeah, 16,300. I think I remember yeah. that number. And mercifully, there was no one sat in the seat right next to it, or that maybe even two seats next to it. But some of the, I mean, th this is the, the age we live in. We all got to see the footage of the people sitting in the row behind this. And yep. it, I can't even imagine how terrifying yeah. that would have been. Yep. So the, this the, plane, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. This plane was 10 
weeks old. Yeah. So there's no fatigue here. There's no, no. you know, maintenance issue with it coming in and out and you know seeing D checks. It was a ten week old Max airplane. Yeah. That's not good, man. It's not good at all. <laughs> because the images so there was so we we saw like everybody you know we saw the images uh, coming out pretty quickly and then alaska made a, a release obviously and i think they were trying they were downplaying it a bit i mean not mm -hmm. downplaying i mean they were admitting of course it was like a problem but they're downplaying it a bit and i know that just after that some passengers that were on the flight uh, came out and did interviews and said hey the the i think it was a teenager the teenager that was next the closest yeah. to that entry got his hoodie and t-shirt ripped off, ripped off the of left yeah. you know left in the air the the door of the cockpit which is pretty far in the front right was slammed open the headsets of both pilots flew from their heads mm -hmm. and the checklist the you know the binder the the, the emergency checklist flew up in the air and also escaped or something. So it's it's not like it just, oh, it opened and there's a little bit of air. Oh, no, this it's is like catastrophic. <laughs> now, from what I understand, the design, the cockpit door is designed to do that. To but what sure I'm trying to say is that significant it's... Oh, yeah, no, no, it was... The, 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 the suction of that air is not yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I, we feel it's, oh, it's cool outside. We could we could, yeah. we could have a, a barbecue on the wing. No, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. This is 200 knots, you know? It, and like we said... If it was just a bit later in the same flight, people, you know what we do, even me, I try to, I try, let's say 90% of the time I have my seatbelt on, even if it's looser. But, you know, there are times when you, I know, you sit back down and you maybe forget. Imagine yeah. that same incident, accident, with people not having their seatbelts on. Yeah, I mean, it just, would have been kind of, but, or at higher, I mean, the, but, the, the, the the forces at play uh, cannot be overstated. No. You know, we don't experience them, even especially in modern airliners where it's quiet now and yeah, you know, all of that. But the forces at play to keep that hundreds of tons of plastic and metal in the air are significant. And when that thing blew out, I, they didn't know if there was any structural, if, if it hit the wing, if it hit the tail, if it did anything like that. If it had been any higher, the pressure, obviously, the differential between the inside and the outside would have been even higher. And the fact, I mean, the fact that it was because the door plug was installed improperly is mind-blowing. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah. the FAA, and I, you know, I've, been, I've made a mental note since this all happened and I knew we were going to talk about it, uh, was the air current... John Ostrower's yep. publication, Website. for want of a better yeah. word. It's very good. Man, they are phenomenal at yeah. this this type of stuff. It is proper investigative journalism at, you know, in our industry. So go and support them if you can. They dug deep. And the FAA was like, you know what, guys? Time out. Time effing out. Enough of... We are, we are... They sent a letter to Boeing saying, we're coming for you. And you have, I think it was like three business days to reply to this letter. It's like, we yeah. are coming for you. Yeah. And we are going to audit everything, ground these airplanes. Um, we want to know exactly what's happened. And you better have every single piece of material that we want to look at. 
Um, <clears throat> and we're going to inspect every single one of them. Yeah, and, and, and there was the Seattle Times also often writes um, good stories yeah. about Boeing because was it close to the action? And um, because very early on, Boeing, I think, what's his name, CEO? Cal, Cal, what's his name? Calhoun? Calhoun. Yeah. Uh, not deflected, but said, yeah, we have this company spirit, not the airline, uh, which is a contractor, which, by the way, used to be Boeing, but was spun off by a mm -hmm. private equity or something. Uh, that didn't do their job because they're in charge of the plug doors or the bolts or something. And Seattle Times came, came with whistleblowers and other documents that they had access to. She said, no, 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 guys, it's your job. And yeah. by the way, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if I have, if I buy this iPhone or a, a Samsung, not to make any <laughs> jealousy over, if my phone explodes, I don't care who made a battery. For me, it's yeah. Apple or it's Samsung. Yeah. It's the last you, you know, line of, it's like, yeah. I don't care if the third party did, you guys are end up doing the quality control. Where's the quality control here yeah. of... The, the 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 amount of of of, of uh, reports about incidents where they open these plug doors or even simply other stuff and oh they put them back but then there's no log on whether or not they have put the bolts back because at some point there was yeah. even speculation whether bolts at all on this door you're like yeah. what how can you know <laughs> you know yeah. and it, it and it's also it, sadly it has to be taken into the whole recent story of. Boeing, we're not talking only about the Max's, uh, that, the, the MCAS issue that happened, uh, that already gave a, a kind of a bad name to the Max, but the fact that the Dreamliners were shut down for two years because of quality issues, that you remember Qatar Airways refusing to get the planes that were coming from North Carolina, the Dreamliners yeah. coming from North Carolina, because they found power drills and ladder. They found a ladder, ladder in the yeah. plane, a ladder. They found a ladder in the tail. What? And, and, and of course, metal shavings and loose bolts. And, and, and if you put all that one after the other, that starts to getting, uh, it's a pattern. You know, it's like, yeah. and, and you can see a lot of the whistleblowing that we see are engineers 100%. that are pissed off because they're like, yeah. we're not a spreadsheet. We're, we're, we're supposed to know, we know how to do this. Yeah. Either they're squeezed out, either they, I don't know, they're contracted out, either they're, you know, like all to get an extra penny. I don't know, I hear I'm speculating. I'm just saying, it's just, this such a great company that has, that has a history of doing such amazing machines. Doing yeah. this is is just beyond comprehension. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it. Like you said, it's it's the it's the latest in a long line of yes. massive failures, quality control and engineering, and frankly, corporate culture. And all of the stories, and this is an oversimplification, but it's true. All of the stories go back. To yeah. the Boeing Mac McDonald Douglas merger, yeah, yeah. where basically or, they separated where, the they took the culture of McDonald and they separated the finance guys on one hand in Chicago yeah. and the engineering in 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 yeah McDonald Douglas essentially took over Boeing yeah exactly and the leadership yeah. all went in and Boeing was always run by engineers always yeah. and since yes. it's so it's, it's in um, inception with you know with Bill Boeing and even through acquisitions uh, throughout the years. It was always an engineering-led organization. Yeah. Correct. The business decisions were led by engineering capability, engineering prowess. I mean, they were building airplanes based, you know, the customer would come up with requirements and they would build the airplanes around that. Um, not 
based on the necessarily exclusively the economics of it. When McDonald Douglas came in, that everything changed. Everything changed on that. And there has been this rotating door, revolving door of leadership from mm. outside of the airline industry. Yep. And not even heavy manufacturing necessarily. There have been from completely different industries. MBA people. MBA people. Right. Guys, MBA I know a lot of our audience might have MBAs, nothing against you, but that's a... No, but career executives, career executives, yeah. people who yeah. don't know anything about manufacturing yeah. airplanes, they just know how to move something from, you know, uh, column Efficiently A Efficiently yeah, reduce yeah. costs and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and squeeze every possible Excel spreadsheet line to get a yeah. little bit more, including that probably this, this spinning off of, 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 of spirit, I mean, it's yeah. again, not the airline guys. <laughs> Uh, and I have nothing against private equity. I think there's many moments in a company's life when a private equity can, you know, a company becomes a bit bloated and just does nothing and private equity can serve as purpose. Yeah. But also let's not be blind. Some private equity just come and squeeze every freaking lemon yeah, to, and, and, and sadly in, in, in engineering, especially in, in this industry, it, there's a potential cost and this cost is lives in this case. Yeah. Thank God, through the actions of the pilots, and I mean, worse could have happened, but it didn't. But man, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, know. it's ridiculous because there's Boeing has been a public company for a long time, so you can't just say it's quarterly, yeah. pro, you know, shareholder pressure because they've been a, a public company for a long time. But where the, they have a difference from Airbus is Airbus has, has national government accountability, mm. you know, and 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 oversight in many regards. And I'm not saying that that Airbus is is uh, all holy and is never an infallible. Of course, they've made mistakes and they've made catastrophic mistakes as well. But this this is something else. And will Boeing fundamentally change? No, of course they won't. Of course they won't. No, you know, the FAA can put pressure on them, but the FAA... It's also a skeleton. The FAA is not that big, actually. People no, the think FAA the FAA is, is like thousands of... Yeah. And the US government is one of, the, of Boeing's biggest customers. Yeah. So where does the bucks... You know, and, and, and the European... Um, Aviation Safety Administration and its equivalents in the in other regions can say we're not going to certify airplanes until you get your SH1T together, but then they know they're crippling their own airlines. It the whole thing is uh, it, it's obscene at this point, and I don't know what they're going to do do with it. It's going to kill a lot more people before it gets better. I hope not, my, man. Come on, my fear, my fear. Don't say that. I hope not. I mean, yeah. Because even is, I mean, we've heard, for instance, I think uh, United Kirby went for a secret. I don't know if it's oh, secret. That is a secret meeting with Airbus, Airbus yeah. uh, too, because he wants to cancel the, the seven three seven Max ten, which is not certified. We can go up to that to buy the three twenty one instead. Fine, but I'm even saying, is he actually wanting to do that, or is he putting pressure for yeah, Boeing to give it even a bigger discount? Yeah, exactly. This is all about discounts. And, and, and I get that, by it. the way, I've no, here is no Airbus versus Boeing. I'm just saying, as an airline executive, if you want to make money, you're going to play both uh, sides yeah, and you want discounts, you want better pricing, especially in this, and you want also priority because right now there's not that many aircrafts available in the pipeline because both uh, manufacturers are a bit late in the order, I mean, <laughs> late in the order. So I'm, I'm hearing a lot of noise, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure anything will change on that part. And uh, also because it's a duopoly. I mean, of course, the Chinese are here, but the Chinese... And the, uh, 
one day, maybe in our lifetime, we'll see Chinese aircrafts uh, being used in um, in Europe and the US, uh, but it's not today. No. Uh, it's going to take a long while before it happens. It's not because Chinese uh, aircrafts are bad. I, I don't know anything about them. They seem pretty solid, actually, no matter how they, they were born. Uh, it's just because of politics, again, because currently the climate is not great for that. We'll see them yeah. first in, in, in Southeast Asia, for, for instance, in, in China, obviously. But meaning that when you have a duopoly, yeah, you're not going to buy all Airbus. You're going to just play the pressure, and it's just natural. So I'm yeah. not sure anything... I think people read too much into that. Oh, United will cancel all his Boeing orders and go for Airbus yeah. only. No way, man. It's never going to happen. No. I mean, I think the more telling thing is now that in I think United, but certainly Southwest have removed the seven, the Max Seven, from their planning for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. The Max Seven, like the Ten, is still awaiting certification, and they just said, you know what, <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna plan without it because it's either not gonna come or we don't want it. And also because uh, now the FAA, because also they are under pressure also from the public, yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna certify them as easily. Because no. you know, they were the Max again has this heavy name now because of what happened. And we're not gonna relitigate what happened, but no matter what one thinks, there is and you can see as soon as this Alaska story broke, it, it I'm not talking here about people like we're not specialists, people like us and of course actual industry people. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the general public, they say, I'm not going to fly that again. It's a crap airline. There's no way yeah, I'm yeah. going to... And there's even a website now. You can you can put your flight and you can tell, it can tell you if it's a max or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is silly. But the point is, the FAA was not, will not certainly say, oh, you know, we're going to give you this exemption that you're asking for the max 10 because they have a new MCAS because the thing is so long that for the MAX 10 to being able to act as a, th a 737, so to avoid the pilots to be recertified, there's an additional system, and I'm going to F it up the way I say it, and when it takes off in order to avoid, I think, the uh, because it's so long, the, the tail, uh, tail strike, mm -hmm. the, the wheels do something with the angle so that it, the pilot feels like it's pulling a 737, but the thing compensates otherwise if, let's say, sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. If the pilot were to do it the way a pilot, she or he does an unusual 737, yeah. that would entail a tail strike on the Max so 10 the because it's so long. So the, the Max 10, I think, has a system built in to make the pilot does the same, so it doesn't feel he or she is doing something different, but a plane compensate to avoid a tail strike because yeah. again, the thing is that long. That's why I understood, maybe I'm wrong, I'm sure I'm gonna get comments and hate mail. The, pro the thing is, it's another exemption, and now the FAA will say, we have so much scrutiny, and like you just said, we're coming at you boys, that when, if I'm an airline waiting for the max end to be certified because I want them on my books and I want them on my fleet, when is going to happen? And and, yeah. and the Max 7 is going to be the same. And the 777X, which has no issue known so far, but is also super delayed. For We still don't know when it's coming out. It's not good news from Boeing. No. I, I, and I love Boeing, man. It's not. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I got my freaking sticker yeah, bar, oh. magnet behind me. But I, you know, <laughs> and I've always been such a fanboy. But it's this is generational failure. And... Um, what I keep thinking is, what's what's next? What's the next? You know, uh, they're not taking these whistleblowers seriously that have been coming. And, and now that this yeah. has happened, this, see, we've been telling you about this. Yeah. We've been telling you about this for years, and you're Lapses not listening. And, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they do. Hopefully they do start to... T- I mean, whistleblower protection in the U.S. isn't terrible. So I, I you hope that more and more people come forward and say these are the issues. And then it's incumbent on Boeing to, to com- basically re-engineer itself yeah. and figure out, you know, what, how they're going to, how they're going to go back to being an engineering led organization. If that's even possible. Well, what was you, you sent me yesterday the, uh, the exemption for the max seven. Was it like the de-icing would lead to the engine to explode or something? Yeah, there was, <laughs> they wanted some exemption for this de-icing component and Tammy Duckworth, who was on the, Senate Oversight Committee, I, I, something like that. She's a pilot. She's a military and and, and a civil aviation pilot. And she was the one who said, yeah, but if this happens, the engine could, one of the risks that no one is talking about, which is highlighted in this exemption request, is that the nacelle, the engine nacelle could fracture and impact the fuselage. And you want an exemption for that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is like they have to turn off the de-icing within a certain time, otherwise that happens. Or something like yeah. that, if, if, from what I remember after reading what you t- sent me. I mean, I, I, this is just a... But the thing is, it adds up. Yeah. But you know an engineer was losing his or her mind going, guys, this won't work. You can't do this. You can't implement this feature, but the, air, but the customers want it. It's going to explode. <laughs> okay, we'll just get an exemption for that. <laughs> Jesus all that, Christ, and I get it, all that also to avoid recertification. They want basically 737, whichever version, you, you are pilot on it, you don't need to be recertified. And uh, yeah. that's been, and I get, I get it. I understand this, you know, this uh, standard that they want the 737 standard, if you want. But at some point, maybe it's too stretched. I don't know. I don't know. Man. I, I, I hope like you're, I really hope you're wrong. I hope there's not going to be another accident before we. I, of course, I, I hope I'm wrong too. Man, they need a Boeing should have a head of quality control that is imposed. Yeah, well, I mean, they've brought Ryanair over, haven't they? They brought Ryan. They requested Ryanair engineer Ryanair engineers mm-hmm. to come and help them reinstall and test a lot of. These. I didn't read that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see that. yeah. Okay, because I know they had a stand down. They, 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 they all the lines were interrupted for a bit to say, mm-hmm. okay, let's look at. I don't know what happened, but let's look at what's wrong, which is natural. Mo when when you have an incident to know what uh, what went wrong, uh, there were also some report. I mean that people are stupid sometimes. Um, you know uh, the Dreamliner line that was not going great, which is not the only Dreamliner line actually. North Carolina, Boeing had, had chosen to open it because it was non unionized, uh, and now people are saying it's about the union. I mean Renton, where the seven three seven Max is done, is unionized. It's nothing to do whether you're union no. or not because Dreamliner had issued this one has issues. It's, it's not yeah. about that. And by the way, I have a. I, I don't have anything. I, I know that sometimes unions can become a little bit bloated and a little bit sclerotic, and uh, but also unions. I mean, if you're a guy against like a big company, especially like Boeing, the way they seem to be treating yeah. some of their engineers, you want to have a little bit of pushback as a group, you know. So uh, yeah, especially as whistleblowers too. Yeah, so it's come on. I I, I, I don't know. And, and by the way, yeah, we should have said that the. So of course, United and Alaska, which are the two in the U.S. that were impacted, had ground, have grounded their fleet. But I think uh, internationally there was uh, Turkish had a few, and 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 maybe Copa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Copa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't freak out flying a Max. I, I'm not like that, but I would still 
have like a double check. We're like, well, it's stupid, but it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. I mean, like if that had happened somewhere over the Pacific on a flight from Hawaii. Yeah, man. That's it. Good piloting skills, though. Um, yeah, great was, piloting, great crewing. Yeah, she was. Got to give them credit. Crew. It's not their fault. Oh, man. Okay. Did that happen to you when you were going to Rock Airport? Rock. It did not, mercifully. And I hope it never does. <laughs> well, <laughs> it does not sound fun at all. No, yes, I did. I went to, the, the provenance of this trip is an interesting one. Well, actually, it's not that interesting, but I <clears throat> I noticed that I was qu- quickly approaching the end of my tier point oh, year <laughs> with BA. <laughs> and were you close to renew something? Uh, yeah, I was reasonably close to, to renewing silver. Um, okay. And I just thought, you know, the value I get from that is actually pretty significant. And I thought, what would I pay? per year to access those lounges and how much would I save in baggage fees in a year um, and seat selection fees and all of that over the, over the course of a year is a pretty significant amount of money. So I thought, well, why don't I just take a flight? That's a fraction of that number to just bump me up. So essentially it was a tier point run, uh-huh. which I haven't done in a long time because I've never needed to, but, I've, I've, again, as we've, as we've said ad nauseum on this, on this podcast, at least from my perspective, I've been, I've been a little bit of an airline, um, floozy. (laughs) I've been all over the place just because I want to experience new things and I'm sick of, um, being loyal to a a single alliance. But I've, I went, there was one website, I think it was, it was one mile at a time that have a really good chart of how many tier points you earn for each cabin and each yeah. destination it's surprisingly hard to find it's very good yeah super useful and they're like yeah. the only website that do it because you don't want to go through and go, is it are you sure uh, it's one it's not head for points it's head for points you're right yeah, yeah. you're right it was head for points sorry guys 100 percent head for points either way that this information is is not easy to come by surprisingly and i didn't want to go through you know, what about London to here? What about London to here? What about London to here? What about <laughs> London to here? <laughs> so there is a class of regional business class uh, that accrues 80 tier points Yes, uh, for a business class leg. Most regional within Europe and, and North Africa and, uh, and Greece and basically not overseas, if for want of a better word, is 40 tier points. but And then everything international on a wide body is 90 tier points per segment. But there's this cluster of destinations where it's 80 points. And they were, for example, Athens was one of them, and Helsinki, yep. and uh, lots of Greece, um, and some places Istanbul in Istanbul probably as well. Istanbul, yeah, I think it was too. So I, fought, I plugged all of those into into Google flights because you can do six or seven destinations at a time. Mm-hmm. And somewhere just in like uh, Helsinki was like 800 quid. No, but, uh, and remember that BA were still in their January sale, which is uh, yep. actually proven to be quite a good sale. And there was this fare to Marrakesh that popped up and it was very, very, very good value. I think like maybe 120 quid. Oh wow! To get from London to 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 Marrakesh in business class—that's nice. 
Yeah, and I thought, okay, I, I would absolutely pay that in one year to get all of the, the, the benefits that I get from being silver on BA. And I looked, um, and a combination in January in, in Marrakesh, it was in unbelievably cheap. You could stay in a beautiful Riyadh in the, in the Medina for like 70 pounds a night, 60 pounds a night. And I, I wanted to go away for like a 20, 24 hours because it had been like a hectic holiday period. I wanted to get some work done. And I also wanted to scope it out for an, an attache episode. Uh, and I also wanted that while I was there to do a little bit of filming myself, so I booked this flight, uh, economy there, business back. And that would have been the 120 points that I needed to get to, to, re to renew. Yeah. Okay. So I booked it all. It was a really good price. And I got my email confirmation that said, you will earn 90 points for this. And I was like, <laughs> what? you effing What? It's supposed to be 120 points, BA. I used your stupid calculator, BA, to even show me. No, for some weird fare issuing reason, the economy fare was some super turbo discount oh, fare that, that earns less. Than but it didn't say that on the booking uh, page where it shows you're going to earn X. Because you're silver, you're going to earn X points and X. No, it was wrong. So. For 40 quid, I could upgrade myself to business class, problem solved, but I was pissed off that I had to do that because it said right there on the, as you're about to press the button to pay, you're going to earn this and you're going to earn this. But anyway, it was fine. It was out of Gatwick, which is interesting for a few reasons. The first is that uh, I, that lounge, I can't remember if I've mentioned, I don't think I have, um, that business class lounge at Gatwick, the BA business class is really, really good. Yes. Yes, really good. Yeah. I'd been into the first lounge and that's that's good, but generally I find the the smaller BA first class lounges are are, are really solid. This one it, the the silver lounge or the business class lounge I should say in the south terminal is big and bright and and sort of double deckered. It's got this section in the middle that's uh, like a mezzanine that runs almost mm -hmm. the entire length of it. It's modern, it's clean, it's comfortable, there's enough seats. The food is really good and there's a lot of I for, I forgot I for some reason I've accidentally stopped eating meat. Ha, no way. In the last 6 weeks, yeah. I I same I became vegetarian basically. Yeah. What? How? Were you reading my mind? Was I reading yours? I'm doing yeah, I've done the same. That's interesting, isn't I've, it? I've completely stopped. I'm I'm nearly vegan but not fully and and now it's like uh I don't think people care about what we're talking. I think it's now I'm not going to do more like the meat's going to be like a celebration. So I'm not like anti-meat, but like yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if no, I do no, a I'm exactly good barbecue and a good restaurant, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no more yeah. meat at all. Same, same with me. No it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. I've lost 15 pounds. <laughs> so no that's happened. But I guess the, the point of that is that the, the food is still buffet style but it's all fresh and there's a lot of vegetarian options, a lot of veg, you know, there's a big salad bar. The food that comes in hot is very good. And I think better than one finds at Heathrow, even in the business, in the first class lounge, nice. frankly. And I just, you know, there's, there's lots of plugs everywhere. The Wi-Fi is really fast. And I, Megan and I were in there on the way to, I don't even remember where we were going, but, uh, we both sort of looked around. And go, this is this is this is a BA lounge. This is really really good. 
and I, and I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of that lounge and, you know, Gatwick, I grow fonder and fonder of that airport because yes. it's just, it's close to my house. Yeah. It works. The fast track security, the people there are friendly, they're jovial, yes. they're, yes. you know, it's, it, it's always busy. It's always kind of creaking at the, at the seams, but I just, I really, really like it. It's just it. efficient. Yeah. It's, it just works well. Is that beautiful? No. It's not something I would apply to, to, to Gatwick. But it works. Yeah. And the train, yeah, and by the way, the train links are better. Of course, we live, both live south, uh, you more further south, but it doesn't. The train links also work really well for, for, yeah. for Gatwick. Um, I mean, I, I still like Heathrow. I mean, it's not. Sometimes yeah. I hate it, man. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, a, it's an efficient airport. I really want them to secure that second runway. Yeah, I do too. They I deserve, think that they've, they they've earned it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, They've they've invested as much in that in that place as they can, and I and I like it. And I you know we we were and the I can't BA chop and change their business units regularly. It would seem, but this was BA Euroflyer. Yeah, that's so that's a Gatwick based the Gatwick yeah. subsidiary. That's what BA I flew. Likes. You remember I flew back from Italy to Gatwick flying that. Yeah. Yeah. City Flyer out of London City, Euroflyer out of Gap. Ah, so Me when Megan and I went to Rhodes for her birthday, that's when we did it. And it was also be a Euroflyer. An A321 coming in from Alicante. It was it was on time, the the flight. It was a 16-year-old 16, 16 airplane, so it had it had done its tour of duty. Yeah, it's the BA. BA basically gave them, it's the same company, but gave them the older yeah. units. 321s, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's... Again, as we've observed on the City Flyer operation out of out of uh, London City, there definitely seems to be a tighter customer service ethos in both of those operations, and a tighter and well, not even tighter, better um, product, frankly. Um, and this flight was very full. I was in business class, as, as I mentioned. I had a window seat, like row four, I think. The, the flight was very full. And what was interesting to me was there was a couple in front of me who were either non-rev or had been upgraded, and they were friends of one of the pilots. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, good for them. I've milked that freaking cow for 40-something <laughs> years uh, when I could. But what was interesting to me was that once the 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 main cabin crew member in the in the business class cabin understood this and connected with the pilot and they uh, established this relationship. He was the only person that, that he took care of. They were the only people like everyone else was sort of like oh. superfluous. Okay. So nice. there was a lot of customer service theatrics for them. Lots of fawning, lots of um, I'll get you an extra, this I'll get you an extra that the rest of us, nothing. It wasn't bad. It was just, uh, there wasn't left anything left in the bucket for us really. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I really. Here's some foul bread and water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, see, that's the, that's actually what I want to come on to. Um, the food was outstanding. Oh, nice. it was delicious. And again, like I'm looking at the menu, going of uh, all three of these main course options because you get a menu, which is BA's gone back to that. We've mentioned mm -hmm. that for a while now. True. All three first, you know, main course options sound delicious. I went for the vegetarian option. It was. Ah, just delicious it was so so good 
uh, as were the accoutrements. The, yeah, I, don't, I was about to ask you because I haven't flown this year yet. Uh, I, I will uh, next month, not tomorrow, but next month starts tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and um, and I was thinking, should I, will I order in advance a vegetarian meal mm. to because mm. you know it's prepared for. Instead of going for, usually it's a pasta that is vegetarian a lot yeah, of the no. times, for instance. I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, plus I'm going to be Emirates, so maybe I'll do that. I think on Emirates, it would be really good. Yeah. 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 yeah it, I was I was very impressed. And the same thing happens on, on City Flyer as well. Uh, so it's not a it's not a London city thing. It's not a Gatwick thing. It's it's these smaller business units that seem to be just doing a really good job on the catering side of things. And the... I had uh, I bought the Wi-Fi uh, because I needed to get some work done, and I'd forgotten that as soon as you get within three or four hundred miles of the Mediterranean coast, basically shuts off because there's a there's a boundary. You can even see it when you uh, go onto the portal to 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 buy the Wi-Fi. Okay. They show this map of this is where it's going to be consistent. This is where it might be choppy, and this is where it doesn't exist. And it's sort of halfway across the Mediterranean. In reality, it's Northern Spain, you know, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. I would, have, I would have been, I paid for the messaging thing, which was like three quid. If I'd paid the 15 quid for the full flight, I think I yeah. would have probably been a little bit more irritated. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, it didn't really matter anyway. The flight- I just wanted to, just sorry yeah. to interrupt before we move on too away from the food, BA has finally gone and introduced during flights, I don't know if it's a case for BA Euroflyer and Cityflyer, but you can get, people are going to start hating us, alternative milks. So you can have oats oh, now yeah, yeah. if you don't do uh, uh, dairy, which uh, I didn't realize they were not doing before. Of course, it's more cargo, whatever. But uh, I was like, yeah, 2024, guys, I mean... I've yeah, been a lot eating of people. oat milk and others since for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's um, it's the way of the world. Um, yes. So anyway, yeah, sorry, I was good. interrupting I you. That, you were no. having no messaging and you weren't flying. Well, yeah, and also it just reminded me. Like I've also stopped drinking accidentally, um, and so I can't comment on the wines or anything like that. But uh, it didn't seem like they were any different, judging from what people. You had done that in the past already. I remember. Yeah, I did it for a done. year in 2019. Yes, um, yes, I remember that. Yes. How long was that that flight for? It's three in a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm talking alcohol. It's it's the. Uh, I would always love to take a glass when it's a very long flight, like yeah. a seven hour, like, you know, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. These flights, I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, plus yeah. I want to be right there um, up. Not that one drink will kill you when you land, but I'm just, I'm saying, you know, it's like too short to, yeah, yeah. to enjoy, I think anyway. And usually these and are it, the small bottle. Anyway, I'm not- Yeah, I'm well, exactly. Well, I think when you're on Emirates or somebody like that who yeah, are renowned for their- yeah for their wine program or something you you look at it and you go you know what wow i'd never be able to to get this anywhere else i'm going to try it but on these it's like i had a crappy plastic bottle and a crappy plastic cup that's the thing right exactly that's where i was going to then i'm just drinking for drinking sake and i don't yeah exactly that's what anymore thank you you said it much better than i was (laughs) no no it's true i i completely understand and in the past that's what i would do i just like i'm bored so i'm gonna yeah, exactly. Because you're like, yeah, duh, whatever. Okay, let's. Oh, champagne. Why not? And it's not even yeah, good. Yeah. It's like some prosecco. And yeah, it's gross. Yeah, not my, not my jam at all. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I can't. I can't report on those. But 
in, I hadn't been to Marrakesh since 2008. And in the meantime, they have built a new airport. Oh, wow. 20, yeah, 20. I asked uh, my my Uber driver, when did you guys do this? He said 20, 2016, 2017. And it's, you know, we landed and I'm looking around going, this, your taxi passed this beautiful, bright terminal because it was about seven, half past seven at night when we landed. I'm like, that's not, I remember landing on, a, a, you know, parking and remote terminals and this, <laughs> I know this is, wow. Okay. So you get in there and it all feels like the sort of, it's an it's a lovely airport, but it feels like they've looked around the region at all of these great airports and gone. Let's get the TK Maxx version of that, you know. <laughs> so it 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 you know the it, 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 it at immigration it feels like a little mini Dubai, except kind of crappy, you know. And there, the immigration line was was really really big, you know. You need oh, quite a lot of uh, countries God. need visas, and so I'm waiting. And it actually didn't take. It wasn't. The I've never I've me. never been. Do you need a visa? No, Americans, Swiss, Brits uh, don't need. Don't okay. Need As a, and there's a, like a list of thirty something countries that don't. Oh, okay, visas, okay, okay. But That's a lot of people who are either transiting or coming, you know, into further into yeah. Africa, did. Uh, and it, this gave me time to sort out my eSIM and get all that working. And then remembering, Cobus actually was the one who reminded me that Marrakesh is a has a closed currency, or Morocco has a closed currency, so you cannot acquire the currency. Outside of the country, outside. nor can you bring it out. It's like I need to solve that problem too. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people were getting scrutiny. They were getting some some reasonable questions from the immigration people, like you know, where are you staying? How long are you here? What are your plans? Let me see your return flight. And I'm like, they're going to ask me how long are you here? I'm like, a day. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I gave you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, how am I going to explain to this guy that I'm a freaking dork? Um, and so eventually, he, you know, I have this story in my head. Basically, how do I explain this in very simple terms? Takes my passport, flicks through it, stamps my passport, hands it back to me, doesn't even look at me. I'm like, okay, oh, well, oh I liked my story. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you know? <laughs> when you prepare, you want to tell it to the world, man. Like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was like, this does sound a little <laughs> sus, but you know, I, it, it, it was all fine. Uh, and you're there out into, you go through a, 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 another security screening, uh, much like you do in Dubai. Uh, you throw your bags on and they're just, oh, yeah, yeah, they're having yeah. a quick peek and you're out into the terminal. My driver was waiting for me. It's like 20 minutes into Marrakesh, into the Medina where I was staying. And a lovely, beautiful Riyadh. Um, and I just spent the time uh, there filming and, doing some work and wandering around in the morning. And then my flight back was later the, the, the following day at about um, six o'clock in the after in the evening, early evening. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, like it's it, much like the, the rest of the region uh, in, in Mina, you scan your bags to go into the airport. Yeah. But, but what's interesting is it's, it's also one of those airports where there's no mobile boarding pass. Oh, at yeah, all. yeah. Okay. And it's slightly antiquated. And I, I think I sent you a screenshot. It completely breaks BAIT. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Just, me. you know, null, null, <laughs> no. null, null, yes. null everywhere, you know. And it doesn't actually say we can't, you can't use your mobile boarding pass at Marrakesh Airport. You need to go to the check in desk and, and get a, a physical one. There's no other way to do it. It just goes, here it is. Brr, errors all over the screen. <laughs> crashes the app and then very apt for ba so it's not a great 
experience. Yeah. And there's no, you know, and it, they're handled by a third party who were uh, surly but efficient and gave me my boarding pass and said, pointed way down to the other end of the massive concourse and said, the gates are over there. That's like, you've got all these, all of these check-in desks, but the actual entry to the, to security and the gates is on clear on the other side of the terminal, which is kind of weird, but I had priority or fast track security. Mm -hmm. So you walk past the main security to it around the corner to a whole different section. And it was, it was deserted. There was not a single person other than these two security guards. And, and what you do is you, they say, take your passport up. You put your passport on top of the scanner while they look through it and make sure that you have come into the country and also are going to leave the country. You come, come into the country properly. Are you trying to trigger me in Pakistan with this uh, story? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, I'm the only person there. And I said, do I need to take all my stuff out? And he said, yeah put it all in a separate tray and I go through it. He doesn't even look at it and he, I'm putting my stuff and he hands me back my uh, passport. And as he's, uh, ab as I'm about to take it from him, he kind of pulls it back and he go and he looks at me very seriously and he goes, your name is Hunter. And I say, yes, sir. And he's like, are you a hunter? <laughs> like very, like seriously. And I, I'm like, and I start laughing. He's like, you are a hunter. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. And he's like, you are a sniper. You should be a sniper with a name like Hunter. And he turns around and he says to his colleague in Arabic, look what his name is. And the guy's like, oh, I mean, I'm assuming that's what he says. And he comes over and he looks at him. He's like, oh, you're a hunter. Like, and this was like the best thing that had happened to them in weeks. And I'm, li I'm like, I, can I go now? <laughs> and they am the, bye, Hunter. Bye, Mr. Sniper. And I was like, this is wonderful. <laughs> oh, Nice. Yeah, and you go through another layer of, of immigration that's actually just done on a on a on a scanner, and it's all you know, very straightforward. And you're you're into this quite continental European airside, and by that I mean very Spanish, actually, where you've got the floor to ceiling windows looking mm -hmm. out onto the tarmac. Yeah. But then they're covered over with this um, Moroccan style. Uh, silhouette on the outside i think is to really when it, you know in the summer in marrakesh it's going to be blazing hot you don't hot, want yeah. this thing to turn into a greenhouse but i also think <laughs> it's slightly for security to obscure the view um and there's there's a pole boulangerie uh oh. and a couple of like a ramen joint and a few other places and these guys told my name man i cannot get I wish I could <laughs> yeah. not ever get poll.com because of those guys. Man. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even <laughs> poll.fr. Uh, and uh, from what I read on online, there was there's two lounges. There's a um, Air Mar Royal Air Maroc, uh lounge that I couldn't access, and then a third-party lounge. The third-party lounge was new because the airport is new, but God damn, it was crap. Oh my God, it was terrible. It was so bad. And people had warned me, you know, people had, on Flyer Talk were dunking Bullying. on it relentlessly in the BA one. And I thought, no, no, I mean, they must be talking about a different one. They must be talking about it, the old one because, you know, it looks modern and you, there's like the scan your boarding pass to go in and the thing, the little glass partition opens up and you go in. But I'm like, where, there's nothing here. There's like a cold buffet that's supposed to be hot. Like 
it was all, it was all hot food, but all of the little paraffin burners underneath had gone out hours ago, and there was this just this tepid food all hanging around. Oh my god! There was like a bakery display. It was empty. There was there was like so. There's no alcohol in there. Um, there was warm Kansas soda. These beat up chairs, and uh, you know these kind of like uh, cubicles, individual cubicles with TVs in them that didn't work and these beat up how is that new then i mean are you sure i mean it just hasn't been i mean it's uh, like it's the guy said it's been open for six or seven years and i uh, don't think anybody's done anything to it since so no stuff ever entered this the food no, has been laying there was, for seven years now oh, without heat it was bad it was it was uh, uh that's really bad that's yeah really bad. I, it wasn't great at all is it one of the worst ones you've done you'd say um no the ones in the old berlin airport were were really bad too mm. uh, but i think they knew they were bad <laughs> this this was some this was just it was just crap you know yeah. it was just not not worth it at all so i actually i just left and i, I went for a wander around got some food at one of the other places even though i knew they were going to feed me on the airplane and uh, you go again through another passport or dock check before you are allowed into the gate area and another security screening before they boarded us reasonably efficiently. The flight was, I think maybe half an hour late because if it was the last rotation of the day, again, another a 321 about 17 years old. And it was interesting. They called up priority boarding. We all go down to the jetway, come up to the, to the door uh, at the foot of the, at the jet bridge. And then between the foot of the jet bridge and the actual airplane, there's probably another 25 feet of jet bridge, but they, they stopped us. And then <clears throat> long, long queue develops. I was the first person in the line, of course. So I was about to say. <laughs> long, long, long queue starts building up behind us. They're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they pull out anybody like, are you in you know, row 10 and up? Come with me, come with me, come with me. And they, they take them into a queue parallel to the priority boarding queue. I thought, oh, this is, what's going on here? And they led those people through a door downstairs onto the tarmac. Mm. And, and I'm just, I could what? see, because the, the, the jet bridge is, uh, you know, is glass on either side. And I could see them just standing on the tarmac at the, at the foot of the pillar to the jet bridge, waiting, 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 waiting. And eventually they start going on. And all of those people had to board on stairs from the rear of the airplane. Oh. Yeah, so... Okay. By the time that they actually that business class board or priority board, I guess it would be, everybody else was already sat down and their bags were away. And so we get on and it's, um, you know, much, much, we were the last to board in the end, but it was, it was a pretty much quiet and you're not, you're not hanging around waiting for, you know, everybody else to find their seats and put their bags away and, 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 and all of that, that this flight was much quieter than the way over. Okay. Um, then it, then maybe. I don't know. I think business class was probably half full at most. So I had the seat next to me free. And again, fantastic meal, beautiful meal of like this Caesar salad with actual, with full whole anchovies and um, just delicious. Absolutely delicious. I, w I was like, this is, you know, two for two. Really, really fantastic. The crew were great. The lights went out quickly after the meal service had been done. We could all just relax and, 
you know, I was just watching TV and wrapping up a little bit of work. I didn't get the Wi-Fi because I knew I wasn't going to be able to use it for half the flight. And, uh, you know, pretty uneventful flight all the way through the crew were really attentive and really kind. This The young chap that, that uh, was, was dealing with me was re- uh, everything he kind of anticipated. You know, nice. he, you know I just really, I thought it was excellent. Really, really good. That's good. Uh, very British politeness, mm-hmm. yeah. attentiveness, yeah. old, old school, you know, that, That's that good. I think BA built them their legacy on in the olden days and come up the, the coast of, of the, of the UK, like the, those, those, um, Gatwick approaches all, often do you kind of come sort of over Normandy mm-hmm. um, and then you turn almost directly east and then you came in uh, over almost to where I live and we line up for the the easterly uh, westerly runway I should say and you know, everybody's done the airplane is dark and quiet and all locked up and we're coming in maybe 1200 feet bam back Ooh. in my seat pull back on the on the sticks engines <laughs> scream and it was a it was a very violent maneuver oh wow as we were about to to, to land that and i'm like grinning like an idiot because like this doesn't happen very often how exciting i hope everything's okay uh <laughs> it's not obviously not a problem with the airplane but it, it i it, the the captain came on pretty quickly after we had climbed to about and i i was low enough where i had cell service so i could i was following us and we were at about 3500 feet again before we entered the pattern to come back again and the captain came on and said it was such a such a beautiful night that i thought we need to do one more tour of the (laughs) south coast before we landed and he said no no in all seriousness i um the plane that landed in front of us had some problem with its steering couldn't get off the runway in time so um yeah we needed to go around. I'm sorry. It was such a, you know, these things, uh, we shoot first and ask questions later. So we get our plane out of harm's way and we, that we were quite low at this point. We were at the last moment. So we needed to be quite violent. So I apologize if, if, uh, if we alarmed any of you, but everything's fine. I can assure you, but it was, it was a, I, you know, Greg and I, when we were landing in, uh, Medellin, we did a go around and that was, at a much higher altitude this was low and it was we were going slower obviously because we were coming in yeah so, land. so you feel it you, a re- lot you really felt it uh, yeah. uh i had one it. experience like that it was linate lufthansa years ago maybe during the lifetime of this podcast and i remember we're quite low and suddenly you feel like it's really not only back but up so you feel like oh wow what's going on yeah it's very yeah, sudden it's, obviously so uh, you, ex- you don't expect it at all. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, I'm a, but I'm like you. I'm grinning like yes. It's very exciting. Yes. It's very exciting uh, feeling <laughs> to do because you don't you you don't feel that kind of force in an airliner ever. Otherwise. Ever. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, the the because only because it it's not even, comfortable. They would not do that no, for no, the no, passengers. No. They would try to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you feel it a little bit at, at London City on takeoff. That's a bit yes. different, though. Um, but this, you know, you don't feel that those types of forces and sensations regularly in an airplane. Uh, no, so it's a novel experience. And of course, all's well to end. So came back around and landed good and, and taxied. And this, this, this was, uh, I would say 10 PM. Oh, 
Oh, so it was and the airport well. was okay. yeah. dead, absolutely dead. Walking through immigration, there was not a soul, like l no one in immigration uh, <laughs> at all. Despite the, you know, Gatwick's a busy friggin' airport, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of movements, especially at that time of night, but they must have all been mostly at the North Terminal. Mm. Uh, so we, I was through immigration in no time. The, the machine decided that I was worthy and let me in and <laughs> I was, uh, I was on my merry way, but it was, yeah, it was good. I, I was totally expecting the machine to say, is your name Hunter? Yeah, Isn't exactly. Hunter? You're a sniper. You're a sniper. <laughs> That's what I miss about people, you know, all these machines. I do agree. For us I now. do agree. The banter. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. I mean, BA, BA Euroflyer. I think um, I'm going to New York uh, next month and I'm flying out of Gatwick, which is not obviously Euroflyer because it's going to New York, but I'm. I, was I, about I don't to know. Say, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't get the memo. Do they, do I haven't flown me? long haul out of Gatwick on BA. In a long, long time, I need to go back through my flighty record and see when that so last are you was. Going to, is it BA you're going to fly from Gatwick? BA, JFK, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the timing's just worked out. Craig no, and I it's fine. It's just that I, I, I hadn't realized they had restarted long-haul routes from Gatwick. That's yeah, they do a that's... lot of Caribbean stuff out of Yeah, Gatwick. but that's more leisure. Yeah. That's why so New York this... is kind of, yeah, people go for leisure, but this more business type of uh, route. The JetBlue flight was the same price, but the timing didn't work out for me, so. And you want your Avios anyway, and your mile. Well, no, and you know Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. He says that. Was... He's going back to his uh, <laughs> old 2019 habits, right? No, I've, 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 I've got a year to figure that out now that I've done this bloody thing. But uh, yeah, no, it's a successful <laughs> trip. Um, nice. And, and be able, despite their... IT issues. The, the Euroflyer, it was a good experience. It was a good, good. experience. Good. Um, nice. nice. So I, I know, and that lounge is good. So I think end to end, it was a, it was a, it yeah, was the experience. lounge in, in Gatwick, not the one on, not the one on Marrakesh. Mar I could do it on Marrakesh. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited. I think we're going to get back to Marrakesh to do it uh, in the next come. Yeah. 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 It's uh, nice. I've never been, so I've, 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 I've never been to Morocco. So I, I'm, yeah. It's one it part great. of the world that I'm very unknowledgeable about. Uh, well, one day, it's one of, you know, again, I know it's unfair, but it's one of the things, it's not that far, so I'll go eventually, and I still prioritize parts of the world a bit further down. Yeah, but, um, same. So you just told us uh, your next flight, New York, probably? Yep, New, New York is New the York. next one for sure. And uh, yeah, so you tell us about that. Uh, for me, Dubai, my, oh, my nice. usual February Dubai trip is going to be... It's gonna be nice. Obviously, it's uh, there's the rent will come up after the after I do that. So maybe in March I'll do the rent about Emirates, which yes, turned please. out. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I'll, I'll see. It's undecided. I'm undecided, uh, but it might be my the end of my relationship with Emirates. No, I'm exaggerating a bit. Just saying that probably simply because I travel less, I'm not gonna I'm gonna lose um, gold this year with them. After like uh, 14 years, man. Uh, wow. uh, yeah. And they don't offer you like a lifetime one after 10. Like, you know, because, you know, L L Lufthansa, so I, I did eight years, I think, in a row. At 10, I think it's lifetime. So I missed out for not long. Mm. And BA, I'm the same. I'm missing, I'm losing it this year. And I think I've done 20, um, eight years as well. Wow. <laughs> I think at 10, they start giving you a, a possibility. I don't know how, I don't remember what BA does. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Dubai is going to be nice. And uh, yeah, we might record, I mean, we'll discuss us off the podcast. We'll see. Let's put my a new, uh, where is the music here? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, by the way, do you know what uh, aircraft are you going to fly with in um, to New York? With BA? An ancient 777-200. Ancient? You already yeah, know it's ancient. Are. Yeah. <laughs> they all okay. are. All the Gatwick ones are ancient. No, because since we started with the 350, I read that uh, I wasn't aware that... Um, the new 350, I think the 1000 only have a dimming windows as well now. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, apparently uh, one mile at a time where I read that says it's better than Boeing's on Dreamliner. I don't know what it means by better. Maybe it's faster. Maybe it's faster, darker. I don't know. Darker, yeah. yeah. Um, which, make, which basically tells me um, I hope they cannot lock the, the window shades for everyone. That's the only thing. Oh, I know. I, there, no one seems to be doing that anymore, which is good. Yeah, well, they might again with this whole jail uh, thing because yeah. I don't know how the the staff would have been able to see if there was a fire if the thing were all well, exactly down. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Alex, and to everybody else. Happy travels! Thanks. Safe travels, guys. <laughs>